All right, this is uh, Psychotic Strength. This is Tyler Townsend. This is Justin Bates. Justin <laughs> Bates. So we're here with Justin. Um, it is the ninth month and the fifth episode of the year, so this has not been awesome. We're crushing it. We're killing it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Just doing great. Um, so we were talking about comedy and all that other shit. We just haven't done a podcast in forever, and i got to get back on here and do it. Yeah. So we were just talking about Adam Sandler. Yeah, he's coming into town. I'm excited. I want to go see that. Like $115 to $200? $115 to like, the most expensive I saw was like $319. Jesus. Yeah. But, I mean, it's Adam Sandler. You're in like an actual arena, so it's not, you know, it's not like uh, the Vancouver Fairgrounds where you're out on grass and it's 40 bucks, which is what I usually pay for shows I go to. A little bit cheaper, but that's okay. Yeah, but when are we going to ever see Adam Sandler again? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I drove however many hours it is to Bend to stay there a night in a hotel with my buddy to see Tenacious D because we want to see Jack Black. So, <laughs> it's like, certain stuff with that, you kind of just got to go where it's at. It's true. Very true. Yeah. Um, so, gym update. How are you doing on your gym? Oh, goodness. Well, I've been... Running recently, which is a change. Which is disgusting. It is, it's yeah. It's one of those things where, like, I hate the idea of going. Like, I need to do it today. But once I'm there and I'm doing it, I just feel good that I'm getting a workout in. Um, I haven't really been doing kickboxing lately, though we were doing that for a while. And I haven't been lifting either. I want to... I'm trying to figure out how to balance that, because as I told you, like, I want to look at doing the firefighter CPAT test, their physical stuff. So it involves a little bit more cardio than just picking heavy shit up and setting it down. Yeah. So that's why I'm running, uh, but I still want to keep lifting and all of that stuff is just a matter of fitting it in schedule and then not being dead for my job the next day. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, Bob, and uh, Bob Cook, and he was talking about I'm like running is bullshit. Like, I would never do it. And he's like, it doesn't make any sense. Why? He's like, you should stay fit. And I said, well, the way I look at it is I'm never going to run from anything. So it doesn't make any sense why I need to practice running away from things. And then he said something that kind of hit home. And he's like, well, what about running towards things? Yeah. And I was like, damn. (laughs) Got to be able to get there and be in shape to handle it when you get there. Right. Like, I can't just wait for everything to come to me all the time. So... I think that's one of the things that bugs me with it. Like, Kirsten and I went and did, like, a trail walk, maybe a hike if you're really fat. It's not really a hike, right? And <laughs> at the end, you can either take this long loop that slowly winds its way back to the top, or you can just cut up to the top of the hill. So we just decided to do that, but it's a steeper hill. I can go up it just fine, but when we reach the top, I'm, like, out of breath as we're walking. And not terrible, but, like, I can hear my breathing, and it's heavy. I was just pissed off, so, like, this is fucking stupid. And Kirsten does CrossFit, and so she was not breathing hard. She said she was, but I don't, I don't believe her. So uh, Sometimes when I'm with certain people, I breathe hard to make them feel better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, you'd be walking somewhere, and you can tell, like, they're having a real hard time with the steps. I always play the fat man card, too. Yeah. You know, like... Like, oh, that was hard or whatever. Yeah. Like, I can wheeze pretty easy. <laughs> but uh, sometimes I'm really just breathing hard because I'm like, that wasn't that bad. But if you're having an issue, I'm going to make you, make you feel not better. feel so bad. Yeah. Do that with clients ever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Funny. most of the time what most I'm doing. Time like, if we're walking great. land or something, they're like, I need a minute. I'm like, yeah, this is far. <laughs> you know? Just 
building rapport in a different way. Right. If you, but the fact of the matter is, if you have worse cardio than I do, you you need to change something <laughs> in your life. Like, yeah. Mine's for a reason. Yeah. You could actually, um, that whole bit about like, why do I need cardio? I'm never going to run away from anything. Yeah. You could you could make a bit out of that. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's, yeah. a, there's a couple mm-hmm. things I say all the time that I feel like if I worked through enough, mm-hmm. I can make a bit about it. And well, it's like uh, like we were just talking about Theo Vaughn right before we started. Yeah. He's a hilarious guy. He says some of the wildest shit. Talking to you, so you say some of the most entertaining things I've ever heard, and it's just like a legitimate thought you've had. I'm like, yeah. who the fuck thinks like that? <laughs> like... I think I think those things could be fun, but we've been talking about um, we were at out for dinner the other day, doing like going out and actually trying stand up, and yeah. doing that, which is a terrifying thought, but sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I think that could be a good a good bid for that. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun, man. I, I want to give it a shot. I have a few little stories written down, which like like you were saying, it's more bullet points. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like some shits happened in my life that, as long as it's delivered correctly, is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, I think everybody has mm-hmm. stories like that in their life. They just, oh, yeah. it's it really is delivery. It is. It's yeah. figuring out how to capture somebody's attention, hold it, and like, I don't know, not lead them to the point, but set them up for that. Yeah. Because um, yeah, yeah. you know, laughter mm-hmm. most of the time is shock. Mm-hmm. So. That would be what most of mine is. Yeah. <laughs> just from like the bullet points I have. I did, we were driving back from a party this weekend, and um, my buddy's girlfriend, the, the ones that just started dating recently, <laughs> she just kind of like out of the blue says like, uh, if you ever cheat on me, I will throat punch you. And he's like, what the fuck? And I just kind of went off in the back seat, just a little bit having fun, because like they were going back and forth for a second, and I was like, you know, this is perfectly logical. The guy who for the last seven years hasn't tried to date anybody. He's been contentedly single, reading anime, you know, just, just buying magic cards. Off. Yeah, just hanging out. <laughs> now that he has a girlfriend that loves him and wants to touch him and shit, he you know, he comes to the conclusion one pussy isn't enough pussy. He yeah. needs to go get more. So I just I kinda went off for like a good five minutes and Alan was laughing his ass off. I don't know if the girls found it as funny. But the next day, he was like, you need to write that shit down. Because we'd been talking about what you and I were talking about. Mm-hmm. He was like, you need, to, you need to turn that into something. And I was like, okay. So I have, I have that kind of written out. But it's figuring out when you're not in the moment how to structure that in a way that somebody can be there. And well, it's also got to be relatable. Exactly. You know? But I feel like there's plenty of guys that have had that, like, if you fuck up, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And you're like, what did I I'm making you coffee right now. What just happened? Like, where did this come from? He's, like, driving us home, and he's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, well, it's also, it's hard, too, because in that same scenario you're talking about, right, Mm -hmm. there is people who are just, the way I explain it, too, is uh, when when I was cooking, you can cook the same meal for ten fucking people, there's only going to be one person that doesn't like it. Mm -hmm. Every time. Every time. And it's just who they are, what they're about. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's the same, like, Kirsten. Mm-hmm. Got super pissed at me for saying I could fuck her friend, the the, the chick you're talking about, oh, right? That's yeah. dating your friend. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. obviously kidding. I'm not gonna go and fuck her. I mean, I'm mostly kidding, right? <laughs> like I feel like I definitely could, but um, whether or not I wanted to was was a mood point. I I mentioned it. She got upset, so I kept going. Right? Yeah. Like I mean, it's hard not to sometimes, but. 
Yeah, that was one where I was like, oh, this is going to be an argument later. Yeah. Even though, like, I'm, I'm not really a part of it. I'm just standing here. But mm-hmm. it's my friend saying it. So, and I, I was laughing because it was just like, I know this is going to be... Like, I thought it was going to be when I got home, I'd have to hear about it. I got texts before I got home. Nice. And I was like, he was literally, like, he was just pushing buttons. I get it. It's annoying. But I think the biggest thing for her is she has, now has a best friend. She hasn't had a best friend in a long time. So yeah. it's kind of that. Uh, I could see that. Yeah, it's very, see. very defensive. And even then, um, just in general, defensive is not a, a line of joking she would like. Whereas, yeah. like. I don't know. Me and me and my friends joke about fucking each other all the time for no apparent reason. Fucking each other, yeah. Just just random absurd shit. Like when we were going to dinner, she was like, "Have fun on your date." I was like, "Yeah, I'll make sure to get a good blowjob while I'm there." And she was like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "It's just, it's just humor." It's definitely a joke. Yeah, like like there's some stuff where you're kind (laughs) of like, "Well, how can you even get offended about that?" You you got to know I'm kidding. Like, yeah, Yeah. I don't know. It's funny, man, but. I like watching comedians who have like a heckler and the heckler's pissed about something. They're trying to explain it and then they're like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to lean into this thing that's making you pissed. Everybody else here who's a reasonable, not hammer person is going to find this funny and you're just going to be more pissed. Well, so with that, I have trouble. Sometimes when a random heckler comes out, that's hilarious, right? Mm -hmm. But there are some comedians that like make their living on hecklers. Yeah. And um, how much of that's real? That's a good question. I mean, and then again, it, it, it brings up the old age-old question, like, does it matter? Entertainment's entertainment. everybody, yeah. Right. I mean, I'm sure you've seen, like, The Greatest Showman, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, they were all pissed at him because, like, not all of it's real. And he's like, well, did you smile? Did you have a good time? Did you have a good time? He's like, yeah, well, then who cares? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's the point. Which, uh, to be about as gay as I get... I fucking love that movie. It's great. I love the musical. Soundtrack I love all is awesome. Of it. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> yeah. What the fuck? Why, all my I went and saw that with a buddy. Yeah. Right? Like, we took our wives. And uh, he was, like, they both came out like, this was gay. And really? I, I came out, I was like, that was fucking amazing. <laughs> He's all, it was gay as shit, bro. And I'm like. Are you just holding on to your masculinity here, or like... Even then, what about it is gay? It's a musical. Have you never enjoyed a musical before? One of my favorite movies that most people haven't seen is Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. And it's a musical. Actually, it's it's would definitely get canceled nowadays. It's about a bunch of, like, backwoodsmen kidnapping their wives. Yeah, yeah. It's a, like, they didn't kidnap their wives. They, they just kidnapped, kidnapped people. Seven women, some of who were in relationships. Yeah, uh-huh. Like... These men didn't give a fuck, and then they got them stuck in the mountains. Like, yeah, they, they couldn't leave. The pass. Oh, that's a great movie, though. Uh, it's been a long time since I watched it, but you know, like the uh, the scene with um, Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron in the bar. Yeah, that it's my favorite scene. It was great like, by far. My parents have the vinyl for that for the soundtrack, and they play it on like a little vinyl player. Jesus, that's, that's a awesome. little that's a little much. They have a bunch of different tracks on the vinyl, mm. so they like it. I, have you know. seen? I mean, I feel like all this podcast is is bouncing around, right? Yeah, but fine. have you seen the fucking little cars for records? So what you do? It's it's like a little little mm-hmm. car. Okay. You you lay your record on the table, mm-hmm. and you sit this car on it, and it drives the record. It, it drives really? on the record, and it has a needle and a speaker. And huh. it literally, you can play any record anywhere as long as you have a flat surface. 
That's we. I'd be worried that would mess up the record. I don't know how. Well, you would think about it. I mean, it's the same difference as a record turning and having a needle just sit in it. Well, but doesn't it have to have like wheels or something rolling on? The it record? does have a. It does have wheels. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be worried about that messing up the record. But I mean, I don't. Let's be honest. I don't have that much experience with records, so <laughs> I know what they are. They're pretty but, uh, durable. Are they? Okay. Yeah. I mean, you so could definitely cool, scratch though. them, but like, probably yeah. not with a thing that's made for it. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, I saw it was like a Volkswagen wagon. Mm-hmm. You know, like the van thing? Yeah. It yeah. was one of those. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, it was like an Instagram video or some yeah. shit. The guy was... Uh, I definitely have some albums I'd like, like on vinyl, but most of them are from people that... Like, the one guy, uh, Ryan Upchurch, he has, I think, Pioneers, one of the newer albums. I don't think he'll ever, like, put that on vinyl. I could see him doing it. I just... He doesn't do that stuff. So, like, the one I'd want, I don't think there's a way to get... So what, what, like, does it sound different? I've been told it sounds different. I think a lot of it is, I've been told, uh, essentially you get like, oh, I don't know if this is the right way to describe it, but you get, there's a warmth in the music that you don't get outside of it, like a fullness to the sound. It's how most people seem to describe it. I think a lot of it for me would be just the idea of like sitting down. I'd probably want to do it like outside, have a cup of coffee or whatever. You put the track on, it's spinning and it's just playing and it's kind of more of a, an older time kind of feel, I think, rather than just like, oh, I'm going to hook up my Bluetooth and play mm-hmm. my thing. Like, you know, I feel like that's it. Like, even just a CD right now would feel nostalgic to some degree. Yeah. So I think that's probably part of it. I don't know about you, but I don't always like all the new shit that's going on. Sometimes I like to step away from that a bit. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, uh, my Mercedes doesn't have Bluetooth. So yeah. I have like a stack of CDs from like high school. <laughs> there you go. I'm just banging them in there, dude. It's like fucking little little Wayne's in there, Tech Nines in there. I guess I have an Andrea Bocelli. I don't know who that is. He sings "Time to Say Goodbye," almost opera. I would probably know it if you played it. So the song in Step Brothers at the end. Okay. He wrote that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but like the real version. You know what I mean? The uh, one that he like isn't being a fool. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen Step Brothers in a while. It's a fucking hilarious movie. I love that movie. Oh, yeah, Kirsten it. doesn't like stupid movies, and they're my favorite. That's that's ridiculous. Why wouldn't you just want to watch some stupid shit for a while? She's just a, most of the time she doesn't want to want to watch anything. You you've seen Rick and Morty? No, I've seen little bits of it. It was hard for me to get into. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I think I, I would just. That. You ever watch something? It's just not the time to watch that. It's just not what you're looking for. Yeah. And my dad has a, I don't know if he's put any out, but he has that YouTube uh, channel where he reviews audiobooks. He can't listen to them anymore as much because he doesn't drive truck anymore. But um, he had one he did a review for, put it out, and it was not like bashing on the book, but he, it's just like, you know, this wasn't my favorite. It was really hard to get into. And everybody was like, you have to listen to this again. Everybody in the comments was like, give it another shot. It's a fucking amazing book. Whatever it was for you, you're going to love it. Like after watching all your reviews, this is a book you love. Just give it another shot. So he waited like six months, listened to it again, did another review, and he's like, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but that was an amazing book. Where disregard the first review, like that was awesome. And he might have taken the first review down. I'm just Why? Like, I don't know if he did. Right. He might have. Just because my thought with that is, is if you change your opinion on it, you like you leave that review out, and somebody only finds that one and not the second one. Maybe they don't listen to the book because they hear the first review. So that would be the only reason why I see him. I would okay. see him maybe doing that. Outside of it, my guess is he probably would leave it on there. Yeah. But you never know. Yeah, I don't take shit down. I don't, I don't know. edit it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's uh, it's kind of the way our like Manicasters podcast has gone so far. Um, it's like one of the first episodes I said cunt in it, and my buddies are like, "Can we say that?" Or like, "We might have to bleep that out." And I was like, "Can we say cunt? Why can't we say cunt? This is YouTube." I'm gonna and I just said it like I don't know eight times in thirty seconds, and they're like. I guess we can say that. And I was like, who gives a shit? There's going to be like six people watching this. Right. And like, I, I couldn't care. Like, this is like, also in general, every video we put out, we're already putting it as this is not for kids. So it's almost guaranteed to be age restricted. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if they are, but once there's enough people watching that YouTube would take notice, they're probably going to be age restricted because we say and just do whatever we want. So why would I care? Like, we're probably not going to make any money off of it anyways. This is for fun. So let's be ourselves and say what we want to say and then... People who want to watch that, you'll just know it's authentic, and you get me every time. That's why we do random weird shit with it. So, hmm. speaking of that, like okay. just kind of putting it out for fun or whatever the fuck. I write in a journal, mm-hmm. right? I have like fucking <clears throat> affirmations on all this other shit on one side, and then the, once I get through all that bullshit, then I get to my actual journaling. This might ruin it, but like. What if you just journaled anonymously mm-hmm. on, like, a podcast? That'd be interesting. That'd be insane to, like, hear the actual... So you wouldn't have to be concerned because no one's going to know who it is. Mm-hmm. So you can literally say all the things you're feeling and, and thinking. But then, like, like mm. the real inner workings of someone's fucking brain. That would be really interesting. I think the one like worry that comes to mind with that is somebody figuring out a way to track down an IP address or something like that, figuring out where it's coming from. But I mean, I could see a lot of people tuning into that just yeah. because of the like kind of raw, honest factor. Be interesting. Yeah, I think it definitely would. It'd be hard though because um, you'd want to like start from the beginning kind of introduce yourself like explain why you are where you're at and all that other shit but then even all that can really give it away well I think the hard part too would be like if you're doing the podcast are you voicing it people around you like at least for you you have a relatively distinct voice people and you have a podcast already if it sounds the same it's potential somebody can like a voice change on it maybe but you still want it to be appealing for somebody to hear right because, like, if it's some weird robotic voice or read from one of those robotic things, like, it's not going to be good. So it needs to be engaging. But what if it's, like, uh, like on those criminal ones where it's, like, right? Like, like just super low. Well, how long is it going to be? Like, if that's five minutes, I can see somebody listening to it. But if it's a 20-minute journal... Well, it depends on the day, really. Have you ever journaled? No. Sometimes it's, like, a line or two. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, like, a page. I don't know. I feel like you'd maybe you maybe have to journal. I know I've seen like a lot of things about that. It's good for just setting your day up. It's good for meditative, all that different stuff. I've never really tried. <clears throat> it's one of those things that I feel like <coughs> men are very like, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to voice your, my feelings out. But mm-hmm. I've found that a lot of the times, all the feelings that are inside... It's very hard to explain even to myself. But when you got to sit there and write out words, mm-hmm. descriptive words especially, of how you're feeling, how if something made you feel, or just all that shit, it really helps you explain almost to yourself why you feel some way. 
Mm-hmm. And then to be able to like go back and read it and shit. Like I, I barely ever do that. I have a couple that are like, like I have a couple about my ex mm-hmm. that were pretty fucking bad. Like yeah. full like two three pages worth, and uh, I have that like dog-eared. Is that what it's called when you when you do that to like, you like yeah. tuck the corner so you can go back and look at it. Yeah, and every mm-hmm. time I'm ever feeling kind of like. You know, was she that bad? Like, was this that terrible? Like, am I just crazy? I'll go read that again. And and you just, you just, it's me, right? So it's Mm -hmm. my own raw emotion on how I felt at that point. It's not where you're talking to a buddy and they say some stuff and you're like, yeah, well, you weren't there. Like, you were there, but you weren't there. There's no, it's just, this is my thought. It's a full account of how I felt about it, even at the moment. And I can almost, like, re-feel it. Mm -hmm. I imagine you could. Yeah. What if... Just be kind of a version of that. <clears throat> I don't. It might be harder to get people to do. What if you did like a short journal, and then you had a guest who would do a short journal, and then you and that guest just talked about what was in the journals or something like that? It'd almost be like a therapy session. Kind of, yeah. It'd be a therapy session with one person that's consistently there, the podcast reader, and then just a guest who, and it would just essentially be like, hey, man. What's going on in your life right now? Like, write it down. So it's not good, anonymous. Bad. Sure. It wouldn't be anonymous. No, that version wouldn't be. But like, it's good, bad, whatever it is. Let's chat about it. And that, that would be almost more of a just geared towards probably, uh, as you're saying, like men don't want to talk about that stuff. It's probably more of a men's health podcast. Like, hey, it's okay to just get this shit out. We should. That's one thing. Like with my buddy who has that new girlfriend. Yesterday, while we were out, we started talking about stuff more, and he's. We've been friends for a long time. He's not a very open guy when it comes to emotions. He's starting to figure out that he needs that oh, kind yeah. of an outlet. So, which is nice because let's get him on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I, I will <laughs> ask him. We'll see. I don't. I don't know if he would, but I can ask him. Um, but I think I think that's just good to have. Like I have another buddy who really it's it's Kirsten's longtime friend, and then he started dating somebody, and then Kirsten and her became good friends. They're super hard to hang out with because it's one of those where unless she wants to do it, he can't go do it. So it makes it super hard to see him. And they've been kind of in like a back and forth thing in terms of they've been engaged since like right after high school. And it's it's been a minute now. Um, And so when I talk to him, he's got stuff he wants to talk about. It doesn't really take any prodding. He just starts opening up once it's just me and him. It's one of those things where you're like, I see you like once, maybe twice a year at this point. You can tell you need, like, an outlet, but you don't have it, which he already knows is, like, a, an issue in and of itself, so. Well, I, I also do therapy, like, mm-hmm. once a week, right? So, I feel like, men there's a huge stigma, again, on that shit. Like, men going to therapy, airing yeah. out their emotions, all that other shit, like. I think it's becoming less so nowadays. It is. Yeah. But I do think uh, more people probably should partake in that. Yeah. I think there's also a side of that where there's certain stuff where you just kind of, this is back to that whole like man up, keep your emotions tight, but certain stuff where you just got to not be a bitch about it. Like some of it doesn't matter, some of it does. And that's that hard part of figuring out is this something I need to work through or do I just need to like, this is the position I'm in, I need to get it handled. I don't know if there's really even anything I can think about that is literally cut and dry just like that. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because I've been going to therapy. Okay. And sometimes this lady is just leading <laughs> me, talking to me, 
Yeah. And just helping me figure out what I need to do. Because sometimes you got to man up and make a decision and handle that shit. Mm-hmm. But, but like, you feel like you got to talk it out with somebody. Even yeah. Even if it's you. But saying it out loud is different. That's probably true. Yeah. I don't know. What, what I was thinking about was um, the job switch I did recently. Going from pest control to throwing wood in uh, a glue lamp factory, essentially. Um, I've been listening to Dax's... Uh, What's that song called? The uh, man one? Yeah. Uh, what it takes to be a man? Or, or yeah, that, that one. Is. But I've been listening to that a bunch while I was at work and just like really in my feels for a good while there. And then I realized like at this point the song no longer feels therapeutic. It feels like it's an excuse. I made the decision to put myself in this situation. It's where I'm at. Let's figure out where I need to go to get where I want to be. Well, and you're mm-hmm. not you're not stuck. No, I'm not stuck. I mean, I could go right back to pest control and make like five, six bucks more probably. Right. Um, like at least at least five right well, now. Well, you're also, you're 23, mm-hmm. right? You got no kids right now. You, you're you pretty free. You yeah. You know, like if you make decisions, it's not going to like really fuck some people's shit up. Well, that's why I chose to do it right then. Yeah. Like since the first podcast we did and this one, we tried looking at buying a house, realized... Yeah. That's not going to work for us right now. So it's like, okay, I can stay in pest control and probably be making a good amount more in the next couple of years just because I was headed towards management in that company. Their goal was to have everybody in the next five years in terms of management making six figures. They have really good growth in that company, so I could see it happening. But then I kind of had to come to like, do I want to keep crawling in crawl spaces and attics and just killing shit all day? Not that I really have a problem with that. Like, they're damaging your house, doing thousands and thousands of dollars of damage. Outside of that, I won't touch them. And I've passed on a billion sales where somebody's like, it's in my yard. I don't give a shit. It's a squirrel. Leave it be. It's, is it is it ripping your shingles up? Is it? No. Okay, I don't care. But with that, I just chose to leave and got to figure it out from now. So. Well, I feel like once you get to that point, I know you guys want kids, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I feel like where you're at right now is figuring out what the fuck you want. Yeah. And hopefully before you have children, because when you have children, you run out of a lot of time for anything else. Mm -hmm. You can work, and then you got kids. Yeah. Uh, It's a big fucking deal. Yeah. I don't know. It's trying to figure out what I want to do in terms of work. Um, Right now, it's working towards a firefighter. Um, I could see myself enjoying that. I know it's a very stressful job, but I could see myself enjoying that. Well, you got to work out a bunch to give that hot fire fire body. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, they pay you to work out, though, so that's cool. Hell yeah. 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 I mean, that's they don't like be like, here's money to go work out. But essentially, you have, you got to stay in a level of fitness. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just uh, like I always say, man, you just got to be able to jerk off to yourself in the mirror. Yeah. You know? Like that's the okay. level of. Of, of comfortable with yourself and confident in yourself you need to be. I don't know if I want to jerk off to myself in the mirror at any point, if I'm being honest. Then you need to try harder. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, so th- there's a level of just, like, pride and confidence that comes from, like, when you're looking at yourself and you're like, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I I mean, I'm not there right now. I'm getting fat again. I'm, like, 310. And... That's big for me. Yeah. Right? So, um, but I've been to the point where I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, hell yeah. And I just get hard. Because <laughs> you got to think about like, fucking, I put in some time for this shit. Like yeah. arms, legs, back, all this other bullshit, these traps. Like, 
wasn't easy, man. Mm-hmm. I saw this thing and it said, uh, your body is an outward expression of your mind. And, uh, well, it's true. I mean, look at look at like fat, slothy, just kind of gross looking people. Mm-hmm. They're usually like fucking lazy, don't have no self control, nothing, right? Yeah. And then you look at some. I mean, granted, every there's always situations, right? But like you look at someone who's like extremely fit, really good looking, all that other shit. They probably got some good shit going on in their life, mm-hmm. or at least good to them. Yeah. Because I know there's some real pieces of shit out there that are happy being a waiter, but he gets all the pussy he can handle, mm. and that's living life for that dude. It is interesting to see the different aspirations of people. Yeah. I had a buddy who just wanted to do, he wanted to be the garbage truck man, make a decent living, mm-hmm. be able to buy magic cards, and just hang out and watch YouTube. And that was like, that was the goals, but he'd be happy. And I could see him being happy with that. Weird ass goals to me. Like for me, I want to own some property. I want to have a nice enough house. I don't really care about having a mansion or anything. Um, honestly, it's more the property than the house. If anything, if I'm being honest, I could do a trailer, and as long as it's not falling apart, I I really couldn't care. Um, but I think that's part of it with the job thing. Is Kirsten's known what she wants to do in terms of a job. Like she has an idea of a path she wants to go to. I have an idea of where I want to get to, in terms of property, having a house, having a family. How to get there? Don't really give a shit as long as I don't want to die every day I'm at work. No, that's no, really no. It. So that's trying to figure out that that path to it. That's what you gotta do. That's difficult. So part. like it's really not difficult. No. We're gonna sit down and do it. Mm-hmm. The reason I say that is because uh, I know my goals. Right? I know where I want to be. I know what I need to get there. Now Accomplishing your goals and all that other bullshit ain't easy. Right? Mm-hmm. You really got to stick to it. But the way I found out in sales has really taught me that shit. Where it's like, what's your goal? I want a house. Okay, what's the average price? Right? Because you don't care about a mansion. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's say 400. 400, 450. Let's say 400. Um, how much down payment do you want to put down? Right? Like 20%. So whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm not a math not mathematician, so twenty percent. Anyway, so you, what you end up doing is how long do you want to do it in? I want to say, let's say three years. Three years, I want to fucking be able to put a twenty percent down payment on a four hundred thousand dollar house. And you just break it down, man. Mm-hmm. Like this is how much my bills are. This is how much I'd need to save. So besides bills, I need to be able to put this amount of money away every week, every month, every all that shit. Now, in sales, it's a little easier and harder, right? It's easier because I dictate how much money I make. Mm-hmm. The harder I work, the more fucking money I make. The job that you're at, right? You show up. Yep. And you make <laughs> money. Yeah. And that is all you will make until yeah. something else changes that is almost out of your control. Now, you can bust your fucking ass, but if yeah. they don't want to give you a raise, they don't want to give you a raise. Yeah. That's what happens, right? So with sales, we break it down all the way to the day. How much money do I need to make every fucking day in order to complete my goal? Mm. That day turns into a week. That week turns into a month. That month turns into a year. And then you break it down all the way. So now, is what I'm doing right fucking now helping me attain those goals? And you leave your goals on the fucking wall. 
you plan your day out hour by hour. That's the only way I'm successful is when my fucking calendar looks like a shit show. Really? It makes sense to me. Almost every fucking hour of my day is chalked up. That's so much. It's insane. Which is also why I have an assistant who literally sits next to me. Most of the time she's sitting next to me just, hey, you got this at three. You got this at four. This is five o'clock. We got to do this. Remember, you got to call this person. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm fucking great at sales. I'm good with people. All this other shit. You know what I'm not good at? Remembering literally anything. (laughs) So literally I just have someone here that just whispers in my ear all fucking day Mm -hmm. and has kept me on track and I'm on track to make double my best year. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody's like, well, what's your assistant doing for you? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, let's just say without her, my best year was half of what I'm on track to make right now. Mm-hmm. So with her, yes, I'm paying her, but it, do- it doesn't matter. It doubled my income. Yeah. So the amount she's making is nothing compared to the amount I'm now pulling in because she's here. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So you got to figure out what your strengths, your weaknesses are, break it down almost to the fucking hour mm-hmm. and accomplish your goals. Now, is where you're at going to help you accomplish your goal? And that's a big a decision. Job? Well, that's what I'm saying. So if you want five <laughs> years to be able to put a down payment on a house, uh-huh. is it even plausible for you to pay your bills and put aside enough money weekly, bi-weekly, however you get fucking paid mm-hmm. to accomplish your goal? If not, go figure it out, dude. Find, yep. find something else to do. And just break it down. I like looking at things, reality. You know, I'm a very logical person. Even though I don't really seem like it, I'm kind of fly by the seat of my pants and all that other shit. Mm -hmm. But really what I'm doing is in my brain, I work off percentages, right? If it's over 50%, it makes sense. If it's under 50%, it doesn't. Yeah, like in terms of probability? Probability of success of whatever the fuck I'm doing. Okay. Right? So there's a few things that I'll do. I was just thinking of this because you're in front of me, but like like (laughs) fighting. Uh Uh-huh. I don't give a fuck what the probability is. You just want to do it. Not just that I want to do it. I've, I've set a certain code for myself, right? So we're like, like Mike, I didn't start a fight. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, hey, I want to actually fight you, right? That was such a weird situation. Because well, the probability of me winning was fucking not okay. Yeah. Very, very low. Yeah. Like, I always got a fighter's mm-hmm. chance, right? I could knock mm-hmm. him the fuck out, but probably not. Yeah, especially right. also when you're in a gym and you're not trying to kill people in the gym, or generally speaking, generally not. you're not yeah. trying to. He might be. He is a fucking monster. Yeah. Yeah. Watching him spar some people, I'm like, Jesus Christ, bro. Yeah, it's unnecessary. Like, you are a big motherfucker, dude. And like, this isn't a gym that goes light, either. Like, they go decently hard, but you're the size of the coach, yeah. who is not a small person. And the coach, while he's... Not light on people. He's not doing what you're doing. Yeah. And Chris hurts people just existing. Like when, yeah. when we're training, like he's not trying to. It's just that's the intensity he's at. So when you're like several levels above that, it's kind of too much. Yeah, it's a little. It's definitely intense. But uh, so like with that though, mm-hmm. at, we went to the fights, and uh, I saw him there. Mm-hmm. We said, "Hey, how are you doing, man? Hey, it's been a while, blah, blah, right? Like just talking." Yeah. But that's because I fucking defended my honor there, right? Yeah. So that's like the only percentage ways that I'll, I'll ever take a hit. 
Mm. Right? Like, I don't give a fuck if there's, like, a 2% chance of me winning. If you challenge me to a fight, we're going to do it. Mm. Right? Like, because I'm okay with losing a fight if I'm not losing honor. Mm. It's a big deal to me. Right? So, but other than that shit, I can't think of another thing that I do. Maybe sex. Okay. So, there's another thing. (laughs) Right? So, I also run numbers on that. Like, probability of, like, an STD. Really? You run the numbers on that? I think about it. Right? Interesting. What's the probability that I'm going to get an STD? Okay, well, this person has been with one person for like 10 fucking years. I'll probably be all right. Okay. Right? This person is a whore. <clears throat> Chances are high. Chances are high. What that pussy do, though? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, running the numbers. Uh, right? So, I'm glad those aren't numbers I got to run. I'm just That's glad. Funny. Like, even speaking of that, I'm just, I'm just glad I'm, I'm really just trying not to be a fucking whore anymore. Like, I just... Yeah. Fucking probably, over it. Probably a little bit easier on the mental side of things, I would imagine. Ah, uh, you'd think. Yeah, you'd think. less hours you gotta block out in the day. Well, then you start digging in with somebody, and uh, things get real fucking intense there, too. Oh, I know, I know. I'm yeah. seven years in. Like, we have our moments. Yeah, it's... Uh, but you can work through it. I think the biggest thing, really, is uh, that communication side of things. It helps a lot. Sometimes it... It almost feels like it sets you back a little bit, but if you keep the communication open, you make progress. You I'm get there. I'm gonna send you this thing. Okay. Okay. And it's about relationships. This is like a relationship therapist, right? He wants okay. you to pay him mm-hmm. to teach him how to do it. But he said some shit that's pretty fucking cool. There's three stages to a relationship, and uh, the first stage is like your honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. It can last different lengths for different people, right? Yeah. There's no set time for that shit. Second stage, I forget what he fucking called it. But couples tend to get more real. Mm-hmm. The real shit comes out because you've been around each other long enough to where you can't hide who you are mm-hmm. anymore. Like the bad shit comes out. And then you get stuck in this weird death loop, is what he calls it. It's a death loop of, of a relationship mm-hmm. that you need to figure out how to get through. Men's trauma is usually different than women's trauma, mm-hmm. right? So on this, I'll send you the video and you can see like the differences. Like, Men's are usually like feeling worthy, feeling shame, like all this other stuff is what men are worried about feeling, mm-hmm. right? So say he starts feeling like that, then he goes into most men's way of handling with trauma or issues or stuff like that. It's like avoidance, mm-hmm. distancing, putting up walls, stonewalling, shit like that. Well, then you get into now you are now creating those defensive things mm-hmm. are almost exactly what trigger a woman's trauma responses which are like closeless right like like mm-hmm. avoidance like being pushed away all that yeah, other shit yeah. so w- what that ends up doing is pushing her into her mechanisms which are yelling at you uh, making you feel like shit like nagging putting, complaining putting you putting down, you down. right so then now you're put back up in this circle mm. Of feeling shame, feeling unworthy, and then boom, you're back, and and it's just this fucking cycle. Mm. And uh, he's like, most people get stuck here. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, even if your relationship lasts like 10, 20 years, right? Like, you'll get stuck here. Um, He said his job is to help you figure out why you act that way, and the trauma response, and all this other shit on how to handle it, and uh, get into stage three, which is like, spiritual connection to your partner where it's like a full-fledged 
you guys can both be fully yourselves around each other. Mm-hmm. You can both sense and understand why these trauma responses are coming out and why you're dealing with what you're dealing with and how to get ahead of them without mm-hmm. being reactive to them. Interesting. It was fucking cool. Yeah. And uh, I don't think I've ever gotten past that stage, ever. The death loop stage? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's hard. I'm in the middle of it right now, mm-hmm. right? So it's uh, <clears throat> it's getting real difficult. I, I had quite the first like real big, real big one. Yeah. Yeah. It was like an hour long <clears throat> drive. It was awesome. Oh, we were talking about that. Yeah, yeah. And then you had the way back too. No, the way up, we argued a little, okay. and then I got mad and stopped talking. Which is mm-hmm. what I do. I won't speak at all. And so, her being respectful, respected it all the way up there, and then we handled shit when we got there a little bit, and then our inspector was there, so she kind of just chilled in the car, and then on the way back, I was like, let's just do this. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, I'm not trying to sit here and just... Fuck with it. Do you, yeah. Like, let's just handle this shit, man. So we did all that, and it came to the point where really, I hate where we're at because I am, I basically was like, this is no, this subject that you keep getting upset about, it's me handling my ex, um, mm-hmm. is none of your fucking business. It's none of your fucking business, and until it's complete, finished, and I can be... As open as I want with you and all this other shit, don't fucking talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to handle it the way I'm <clears throat> handling it. That's it. I'm a stubborn fuck. Like, if I say I'm doing something one way, even if I'm failing, I'll keep doing it. And I don't know why, but that's what keeps happening. So, <laughs> I know you're supposed to, like, figure out your, your fuck-ups and fix it, right? Yeah. But I'm not good at that either. So, that's where we're at in this huge death loop of now... I want to talk about some shit, especially with my ex, like, because she's still fucking around, still pissing me off, still Mm -hmm. fucking up, being stupid all the time, but now I can't even speak to, like, my best friend about it, you know what I mean? Like, and just kind of, like, vent at all, because that triggers her and wants to fucking... So she can't handle you talking about it at all? It's not that she can't handle me talking about it, right? It's just that she's so invested, and it affects her... She wants it done and over with. Mm-hmm. And whereas, like, I keep trying to explain that my head and my heart are in different spots, right? Mm-hmm. My head's like, fuck her. If she wants to go to jail, she can keep pushing. She can keep being crazy. Go for it. Fuck it, right? Mm-hmm. Just live your life and let that happen. My heart's like, your kids don't want to see your, their mother go to jail. Yeah. Your kids cannot see your mother go to jail and especially if it's you're the reason why yeah you know every every dad wants to be the hero for their children you know and something like that just screams not it for me yeah yeah that's a tough spot to be in right so I'm really trying to handle it but who knows how it's gonna fucking go man I just keep pushing and pushing and yeah well I think with the death loop thing um even if you hit that that final stage, that doesn't mean you can't regress back Absolutely. into that. It's something that you got to work on, and <clears throat> I think that's probably a hard thing to tell when you've like hit that that final spiritual connection kind of thing, as you talked about. Because um, like growing up with my parents, they were very communicative. 
They very rarely fought in front of us. If they did, we would see a resolution generally. But, like, I know they've had their issues with that. I know there's... We've gotten some stories of when they first started, when they were first engaged or married and how it went poorly. I mean, my dad woke up unengaged to my mom and had to fix that at one point. So, like, you have your times, but, you know, it's something you got to go back and forth with. I think that's... Well, it's definitely constant work. Mm-hmm. I think that's the hard part for most yeah. people is you want to reach a point where you don't have to do that and you just you don't get there. That's not how it happens. Yeah, I don't think Two you ever. People get are there. never going to not have to work on a relationship. Yeah, I think uh, part of the problem with that. I don't know if it's a problem, maybe, but a lot of people only see it's kind of like social media. You only see the good side of stuff. Nobody wants to post mm-hmm. the bad side of it. So when you're out, you see these two people and they have a great relationship and they're never arguing. But when they get home, they got shit they got to handle. And so I think a lot of people compare themselves to that and then they get very upset when they hit that tough spot. And it's like, yeah, but everybody goes through it whether you see it or not. And if they aren't willing to accept that they go through it, it's probably not going to last. You have to be able to work through it. Yeah. And it's sometimes it's a hour, sometimes it's a fucking month that it's just it's just shitty for that length of time and it's a lot of work. I feel like people need to understand, too, like, I've had a lot of these discussions or arguments or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. I've never been able to call them discussions, right? Yeah. They've always been arguments. Like, we are fighting right now, right? right? But now it really does feel like more of a discussion topic, something that we're trying to figure out and resolve. And, you know, sometimes I need about a week to, like, even be able to articulate what the fuck I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Because I know how it feels, and I know what I want, but it's not coming out right, mm-hmm. and I can't explain it to you, and it's causing more of an issue. It's also the same as, like, I'll keep bringing up an issue, because I'm one of the people where I'm more than fine admitting I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to convince me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. until then, I'm going to feel like I'm right. Like, in that... The fact that people deny that makes me feel like, am I just a piece of shit? But like everybody feels like they're right about certain things. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just don't admit that they're wrong. Yeah. Um, I think the way I was raised, we, we were made to apologize if we were wrong. And it had to be sincere. And like my... This is one thing. So Kirsten has always thought I'm over-communicative, which probably in some situations. But that's because... That's my parents don't always know when to stop. Well, my mom. My mom doesn't always know when to stop. At the same time, I don't feel like her family, at least her parents, I'm sure do. They have a healthy relationship, but parents to the kids, I don't think they've gotten to that point where there can be a discussion there, if I'm being honest. Um, with my parents, Josh had moved out. They had a bunch of issues with him, um, and that was on both sides. It was There was issues there. Things had to get worked on. Jonah was moving out of the house, getting to that age. They had to work on it. By the time it got to me, they told me, I think when I was like 16, you're at a point where if we tell you no on something, if you ask respectfully, we can talk about it and we can explain why and we can have a discussion. First few times I did that, I just got in trouble. And they had to remember like, oh no, we told him if he's respectful about it, we can have this conversation. And so like Kirsten's family I don't think has got there because Kirsten hasn't moved out. And that's just doing college, working three jobs, like all of that shit. She just, it was never a good time too. And so it's still, the oldest hasn't like flown the nest and 
hit that different point and they're better about it sometimes than others and that's just how it goes but um i think stuff like that is pretty important so for her family she's less communicative i'm more we've had to find like a middle ground but the thing where you were saying it could take you a week to get to where you're ready to articulate it that's more like your shit um i was always the one who just i want to work through it now but also i think in terms of our thought process Generally, mine's going about 100 times faster than hers. And that's not to say she's slow or stupid. She's smarter than I am. It's just in terms of processing, having questions, answering the questions in my head before I even ask them. Just like running through that, I do that a lot faster. She has to sit and try to figure out, okay, this is what I'm feeling. What actually does that mean? What, what, do I, right. what am I trying to get out of the conversation? And so that's something we've had to work on a lot over the years is, me just shutting the fuck up and walking away for a little bit so you have time to think about it, but also you being willing to talk to me about it when I do need to, like, I need to get somewhere on this. We need to have at least some form of communication. Then maybe we take a little bit of a break and we yeah. come back to it, which doesn't always work. Like, it's easier said than done. Absolutely. Because I'm, yeah. I've, I've been very just I need a solution immediately type of person, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and that's hard because sometimes the solution's not ready. Yeah. You know, and the solution you're going to force isn't going to help. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's it's really frustrating to have to... I'm very go, go, go. Like, if there's a decision to make, sometimes, if I don't know which one to do, I'll just choose. Mm-hmm. And just go with that one. And then I'll, it'll either work or it won't, right? Like, <laughs> fuck it. So that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. But when it comes to, like... I've had to really step up my emotional intelligence game yeah. and really get to a point where I'm able to have these conversations and understand, like, look, I'm upset. This isn't at you. I'm trying to figure out why, and I'm trying to figure out how I can articulate that to you to where you don't take that personally. Mm-hmm. But you also need to understand if it is personal, mm-hmm. you need to understand that I need you. I'm not saying it to belittle you or to hurt you or to anything of that nature I need you to understand this is where I'm coming from so that we can work together to fix this Mm -hmm. and that is very difficult because she comes from a relationship of just being put down and talked to like like a piece of shit right so she's constantly maybe taking things a little more personally than I want but she's been able to come to the point where I see things in my brain extremely logical. So sometimes when I say things out loud, it's very like, oh, so I just, I don't like this about you. And like, okay. And like, as I say it, like I realize, oh, that, was that came out like a, like a fucking <laughs> real dickhead thing to say. Yeah. But like, that's okay, right? It's okay for me to not enjoy that piece. Mm-hmm. But I'm still trying to think about a fucking thing where I would have said that. It's interesting. It was something uh, Jonathan and I were talking about about um, some other people we know, and they were we were talking about when you're in a relationship. Is something he said. Well, if I don't fuck it up, um, essentially, when you accept somebody for their benefits, you have to accept their flaws, yeah. and you have to work together through all of it, goods and bads, and that's kind of the whole thing with the vows and all that stuff. But um, that was an interesting. I've never heard it put quite that way. So I think that's something a lot of people don't recognize is there's going to be stuff you dislike like that and that's okay for that to not be your favorite thing but you gotta 
weigh that in the relationship and understand that's still a part of this person and you get the good with the bad and so that's just that's kind of where you're at um i think the logical portion of it is interesting too i tend to be more of a logical thinker so for me it's kind of that same i feel i'm right can you prove me wrong like why is this incorrect because to me i see all these points that make it correct you can give me enough points that show me i'm wrong okay that's fine i'm wrong but that doesn't work when your partner's an emotional thinker yeah, and yeah. so they have to work through that and it's they feel a certain way and they don't that's kind of that difference in the thought process she's not looking for those logical points of okay I have eight points in pros four points in cons that means get back to percentages this side's right right whereas with me that's to some degree how my brain thinks and then there's also a point of I think you got to recognize when your emotions are help guiding you to the side you want it to be and you got to be able to pull that out of yep. it. Pull yourself out. So, yeah. relationships are tough. I think yeah. that's the conclusion here. Relationships <laughs> are extremely tough, man. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot to, to work through with it. Well, I think it goes back to, I always, when I try and talk emotionally, like about emotional intelligence and stuff like that, um, I, I go back to the story I have with my mother. My mother is, um, is a pretty textbook narcissist, and, and it's to the point where, like, <clears throat> I understand maybe it's not her fault. Maybe it's a chemical imbalance or something of that nature where mm-hmm. she just doesn't understand that not everything is about her. She just doesn't get it. Yeah. Right? So it's a little frustrating. But I remember as a kid, I got to be like eight or nine, right? And she told me to go do something. And she would always tell me to do shit like, I'm kind of like, you could have just done that yourself. Right? Like, you're just making me do it because you can make me do it. Yeah, I've had that a couple of times. But I came to the realization, she told me to go do something, and I was like, clean my, clean my room or pick something up. And I was like, I looked her right in the face, I was like, well, I don't actually have to do that. And she's like, what the fuck are you telling me? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not like, trying to be mean, I'm just like, kind of realizing that like, I've always been doing things because you tell me to do them, and I thought that's what I had to do, because I have to do that. But I'm really realizing it, if I didn't want to do that, it would not happen. <laughs> and you can't make me do it. Isn't like, I'm not a parent, but I've always thought, because I've, I've thought of that before, isn't that one of the most terrifying thoughts as a parent, is for your child to realize that they just don't necessarily have to do it? No. No? And the only reason I say that is because I've been through this in my own brain as the child. Okay. If you're going to tell me to do something, it needs to make sense. Everything needs to make sense. Like, why do I have to do this? So that would come down to, like, respecting the parent and understanding there's a reason to do the thing you're being told to do. Well, so this comes down to, to a few things. So, like, like what I was going to explain was I feel like with the logical, illogical, or logical and emotional thinkers part, um, you have to prove that if you're proven wrong, you will change your view. Mm-hmm. That is very hard for emotional thinkers to get to because they're constantly going to be thinking that... You're just thinking you're right all the time, blah, blah, blah. No, no, prove me wrong. I'm more than willing to change, mm-hmm. but you got to show them you will. Yeah. So it's the mm-hmm. same thing with your kids, right? So now I have explained just about everything to my children. Why things are okay, why things are not okay, why I need you to do this, why, why your job is the dish to take the dishes out of the dishwasher, why it's her job to put them in, why it's your job is trash and your job is recycle. 
Do they have to do them? Absolutely not. But somebody does. I complete these tasks for the house. She completes these tasks for the house. So it's fair that you should complete these tasks for the house. Mm -hmm. Now, being able to have that type of conversation, especially with your children, gets them to understand that it's not about, like, you're going to do this because I told you to. Mm -hmm. You're going to do this because it makes sense. We're all living in the same space. We all need to help out and contribute. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make any sense why, like, I'm not just doing it to be a dick. Right? I tell my kid that all the time. There was a, there was something that happened. Oh, man. This one was hard. Huge argument with my son. Big. Screaming, yelling, dude. And we don't get like that a lot. I, I'm very I'm very like that. Like, I explain myself to my child constantly. Mm-hmm. He got very emotional. The problem is he's seen that with his <clears> mother. <throat> his mother likes to throw fits. And for the longest time, I fed into it. And I would just give her what she wanted. So I didn't argue. I'm refusing now. That includes his behavior, which is like his mother's, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very difficult. He wanted to, he's like, hey, my buddy just got his license. He's driving around with a couple of friends in the car. They want to come pick me up. Is that cool? And I'm like, you're 15. How old's your friend? He's like 16. I said, then no, because it is illegal. Mm -hmm. He has a permit. If he's not 18, he does not have a license. He is not allowed to be driving anyone but a 18-year-old around. So if you're in the car, that's illegal. And he's like, well, that's ridiculous, blah, blah, like yelling at me and, and talking about, well, you've done worse. Yeah, sure. But like, <laughs> as your parent, I cannot explicitly tell you, yes, I know it's illegal, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. Now, what I didn't tell him was, hey, if you had been like, can I go over to John's house? You went to John's house. You guys ended up driving around and you got pulled over and I had to deal with something like that. I don't think I'd have gave a shit. Yeah. That'd be something different, wouldn't it? I can't give you permission to complete an illegal task. Yeah. I cannot. Well, it's it's so small. So small. It doesn't matter, bro. Mm-hmm. You need to understand. Now, I'm not asking. That's where that's where the conversation changed, because we're screaming and yelling. I'm like, you're not going to be able to do it. Like, this isn't fair. I want to go. Blah, blah blah. And I was like, okay. I had to calm down a little bit, which is very hard because it takes a lot to get me up there. Mm-hmm. That fucking mad. Um, but I'm like, look. I don't. You don't have to like my decision. Do you understand it? Do you understand what I'm saying? It is illegal. As your father, I cannot let you give you permission to do something illegal. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, but no, 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 no. That's it. Yeah. I need you to understand why I'm making the decision. The decision is not changing. Feel free to dislike it. (laughs) But do it over there. Yeah. You know, like I don't have time anymore to be sitting here screaming and yelling back and forth. Especially when I went out of my way to just like, I was working all fucking day in there with their grandma. Mm-hmm. So I literally just went to like 7-Eleven, got them some drinks. Like some mucho mango, whatever the fuck. Just to bring them by because I feel bad sometimes. I get stuck at work. I don't get to see my kids. It was summer. You know, I wanted to do something. So I stopped by with drinks and this kid comes at me with this shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I went out of my way to be fucking nice to you, and you're screaming at me. And like, you're not done with work either. Like, I still got, I'm, I'm dropping these off. Yeah. And then I got to head right back out, you know. So, 
I think that's the that's the difference there. You got to get to the point where like, especially with kids. That's why I say like, it's your it's not my worst nightmare that my kid questions me. Mm-hmm. Right? Please do. I will explain it a couple times. <laughs> After that, shut up. That makes sense. You know exactly why I'm telling you to do this. We have been over this. Mm-hmm. You know why you should and shouldn't do things. You have your own brain. Mm-hmm. Make some decisions that are good for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I appreciate the questioning as long as, again, it's respectful. I've had conversations with him, too, where he's like, hey, I want to go hang out with my friend. I'm like, uh, no, not tonight. And then he'll be like, okay, well, like, like, why? Why can't I go? I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of late. It's pretty last minute. I don't know, man. Like, like really, I don't know why I'm saying no. It, it's like kind of what just came out. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, well, like, you asked me to clean the kitchen today. I did that. You know, and like, like we had a conversation. Mm-hmm. By the end of it, I was like, you know what? Yeah. But like, okay, for like an hour or two. Mm-hmm. You're not going over there until like midnight, right? Like, you want to go hang out? Go hang out for like an hour or two. That's fine. I'm assuming you're going to take the two mm-hmm. over the hour, yeah. right? But yeah. like, <laughs> so go ahead. But you have to be able to do shit like that, to admit you're wrong, to be open to a decision, decision-changing decision conversation. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, they are just going to think you're just putting a thumb on them for no reason. Yeah. That's hard. I think I had an interesting, like, listening to you talk about that, I think I got a little bit of both of it. Yeah. When we were younger, it was a lot more of, you're going to do what we want you to do. And not necessarily in a negative way, like... I was spanked as a kid, but it was not, it was not hit with a belt. Like it's not any form of abuse, uh, in that matter for actually the way I was spanked. It was, we get in trouble. I'm going to go upstairs. Dad's going to sit us down, explain, this is why you're in trouble. Do you understand? Do you have any questions? We work our way through that if there are any questions or anything, which rarely, usually I knew why I was in trouble and it made sense why I'm getting this punishment. If you're getting spanked, probably pretty big. Yeah, usually. I I get explained one spanking. Generally, I don't don't think there was really any ever more than that. Um, And then I think I got a hug before and after generally. Love you. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Come downstairs when you're ready. Like that was it every time. I don't think I ever got into a yelling match with my dad. My older brothers did. Being the youngest, I kind of got to watch that and be like, oh, this seems kind of fucking stupid. Maybe I just avoid that. But I think there was also a lot of learning on my parents' part of, again, like with that causing issues with my older brother, them having to come to terms with, okay, this isn't a good way to handle this. Like, I've talked to my brother about it, and there was a point where he just uh, essentially just chose to move out. Because my dad had been going back and forth, saying he's going to kick him out. And my mom convinces him not to. And it's this back and forth thing that keeps happening. I don't know how long, whether it was, you know, a period of months or whatever. But eventually my oldest brother just got fed up with it and was like, no, you know what? I'm out. I move out. And he moved out for like three or four weeks, I think is what it was. Um, I didn't even realize he moved out. We just, at that point, didn't talk a bunch because I'm the youngest. He's the oldest. He's in high school, whatever. But he just moved out. We've talked about it, and he's like, the reason I did that was because, one, it was bullshit, what was happening, and two, I didn't want you and Jonah to have to do that. It's like, Dad had to learn that that's not a good way to handle things. Yeah. So I left. And it's interesting to see, like, the different perspectives, youngest to oldest, of what you got to do there yeah. um, in terms of, 
I guess having the the parenting. So that's where like with Kirsten's family, her not having ever moved out, the dynamics, what I've seen over the last seven years, hasn't changed a ton. There's obviously she got, we do what we want for the most part, but in terms of her being the one they rely on for everything, when the youngest is getting older and stuff like that, doesn't seem like it changed. Now, he does a lot of chores at the gym that we don't see, so there's you got to take that into account too. But really, that's what I'm told. <laughs> like I, I, I assume um, I've seen them get on him more recently, which is good. Um, but I also, I don't know. They, I, I grew up with two older brothers, and I know how we needed to be handled. He's ten years younger than Kirsten, so. That's a lot. There's raising two girls for a long time and then now having a 12-year-old boy. I feel like there's probably a dynamic change there that is different, but I'm not a parent, so I don't want to speak on that too much. I have my own opinions, as most people do about stuff, but so that's it's, hard not like too. it's not like they're ruining the kid or anything. It's, it's just figuring parent, it out. Everything changes. Everything's different. Your whole mindset changes. It, it is fucking strange. And I've had to really admit things that I didn't want to... I was always like, I'll never, if I have a boys and girls, I'll never love them different. It'll always be the same. Blah, blah, blah. Lies. Yeah? Lies. My daughter, and I'm not saying I have a favorite, right? Mm-hmm. I love both my kids completely differently. Mm-hmm. My son, I'm extremely proud of. Physically, he's everything I would have wanted in a boy. He's fucking huge. Mm-hmm. He's a big kid. He's a sweetheart, so he's a little less aggressive than I would want. But, like... Mm-hmm. That's okay, mm-hmm. right? He is who he is. Uh, but I want him to be able to like defend himself, to go out there and handle his shit. Mm-hmm. I want him to be successful. I want him to make good choices. Whereas like my daughter, I would just put on my shoulder for the rest of my life and just be like, no, everything else can fuck off. You know, like, <laughs> don't touch her, don't look at her, leave her the fuck alone, right? Yeah, like, yeah. So it's extremely different. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's also, the, there's a huge difference too. I had my son, he was born two months after I turned 18. So I was 17 getting ready for this kid. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of growing up really fast. Yeah, that would be. It's a child raising a child, dude. And it was hard. Uh, I promised myself I would never hit my kids. Mm-hmm. I had kids. <laughs> that changed. But yeah. it was also, the. it's definitely not exactly as sweet as like your dad did, right? Mm-hmm. But my, my thing was always, I will hit my child one time in the ass Mm-hmm. No face shots, no nothing. Yeah. And because uh, anything after that is for you. Yeah. That is you taking out your own fucking anger, not you showing this child. It is a child. You fucking whack him hard one time. I think they get it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because uh, my dad wasn't nice at all. Yeah. Right? Like, it fucking sucked. I got my ass whipped every day when I came home from school, every fucking day. And I really realized that, like, no matter what I did, I was going to get one. Mm-hmm. And it was really because he was upset at himself with life and with all this other bullshit, right? So, like, it sucked. But uh, it also got to the point where I had to play it. Like, I had to play the part. Because I realized one day I was like, I'm sick of this. I'm just going to turn it off. Like, I don't, I don't just hit me right like I'm not gonna cry I'm not gonna do shit and it made it so much worse because I was like if I just stop reacting and, and chill the fuck out maybe he'll just kind of calm down and realize that he's doing this for him he doesn't need to do this right yeah. like it's not I would I would get like letters 
fucking pinned to my backpack every day. If I lost a letter, I'm in trouble. If the letter said something, anything negative, I'm in trouble. I, so I'm in trouble every fucking day. And I'm, I'm a little kid with extreme ADHD, right? And like just, it wasn't going well. And so I did that to him one time and it was fucking terrible. Mm. So bad, dude. It just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then finally I just was like, started to cry and like make it a big deal. Even though I really was just over it. You know, it was fucking crazy, man. So, yeah, yeah, he sucked a lot, but I told myself I'd never hit my children. But then at the same time, I also saw my mom, who refused to hit me. Mm-hmm. And so I would take advantage. Because what are you going to do? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I had to find a balance. And that's the balance I chose for myself, was I'm going to whack my kid in the ass one time. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And uh, after my son was like eight or nine, I haven't hit him again. I don't know how old I was the last time I got a spanking. Yeah. I remember there was a point where I was in high school. I got, it was, I, it was found out that I'd been smoking weed. Nice. I got in trouble, grounded, not able to hang out with my friends. And it, like, it was for a couple months. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? I haven't been in trouble in years. Yeah. Like, I figured it out. I, I haven't gotten more than... A disagreement with my parents that we figured out in fucking years. I haven't been grounded. I haven't... You just... You figure out how to just not have those issues anymore. And that was like a whole, what the fuck is this? And that was... It's all it took. was just, you can't go hang out with those friends for the next... Until we say so. And I mean, those friends came over, apologized to my parents. We went right back to doing what the fuck we were doing. But like, took two months. Then they came over and did that. And all was well. So... I don't know. That's that's definitely interesting. I don't know what experience my dad had in terms of spankings or anything, because his dad was a pastor, but his dad's dad was abusive, which actually my grandpa, before he was a pastor, was like a Golden Gloves boxer because he had a lot of anger. So I don't know if there's anything there. I don't, I don't think so. I've seen my grandpa get mad once, and it wasn't... It was the weirdest thing. One of the comments we made... It, it was like he took it as if we were calling him feminine in some way, and he had to, like, defend his manhood, masculinity, yeah. his masculinity, and he wasn't mad at us. It was just very much so, like, no, I'm a fucking man. Like, and my grandpa doesn't swear he wasn't swearing, but that was, like, the energy that came out of this, like, 70-year-old dude who's just... But did you get it? No, no, no you, you understood, like, yeah, yeah. got it, bro. And the only other <laughs> yeah. time is we showed up at his house, me and my brothers, and he had, like, a black eye. And we're like, hey, what happened? He's like, oh, I got, I got into a fight last night. And we're like, what? And he goes, yeah, the floor won. And we're like, God damn it, Grandpa. Like, all three of us were like, what? Who the fuck is it? Like, we'll go handle it. But he's just laughing. Otherwise, like, never, never seen him mad. So I don't know if there's anything with that. I know my mom was not the same. She got hit with a belt. Like, if you did something wrong at the table, might get, like, a fork, you know, a little bit. Jesus. like. I don't think too hard, but a fork is a fork, you know. I don't. I don't know all of those stories, but so that was the reason. Like, mom. my dad wasn't allowed to use a belt or anything. Um, one of the issues my brother had with my parents was he believed that uh, my mom had like spanked him with a was a switch or a candlestick. That was my aunt. She either made her kids go grab a switch off the tree or would have those wax candlesticks, and that's what they got spanked with. Uh, a candlestick that doesn't make any sense. The like a wax are. candlestick. Those things are thick. I would not want to be spanked with one of those. Oh, uh, yeah, no, pro- probably wouldn't be great. Um, it's not like like one that's gonna break. It's like more rubbery almost. It's just it, that would hurt. 
but so he was mad at her for that for years. And my mom's like, that wasn't me, motherfucker. That was, who's your aunt? The one you think taught you sign language? No, no, no. She did that. I taught you sign language. Like, there's some different things. It's interesting what, you know, a kid's brain picks up and puts where. But. Yeah, because uh, my dad's excuse was always that his dad did the same thing to him. Mm-hmm. And then, but we were very, like, my whole family in Illinois is where they're all from. Illinois, Missouri, right? They're back and forth. They're right mm-hmm. there on the border. Um, they're racist. They're pieces of shit. Stay away from them. All this other bullshit. And then when I stopped talking to my dad, mm-hmm. I started talking to them. They're all, like, really cool people. And, like, <laughs> come to find out, like, yeah, my, my grandfather, like, whooped everyone's ass. Mm-hmm. But he never closed fists hit anybody he was like it was so strange your dad he's talking to me he's like your dad came to visit and he's like no I remember you punching me in the face over and over again right over this vent and he's like I didn't do that mm-hmm. like I don't even know where you're coming up with this yeah I talked to all his brothers and uh, his brother and sisters mm-hmm. yeah that didn't happen like none of it so I was like super confusing is like you can really especially as a kid like Build some shit up, man. Mm-hmm. He also told me they were all like hell's angels and like all this other bullshit. And, like, <laughs> they're all motorcycle riding heathens, sure, but yeah. like, there's a difference. There's a difference. And then my grandfather wasn't like, like, outwardly on purposely racist. Mm-hmm. He was just like a super fucking old white dude, mm-hmm. right? And I guess the video he sent to my dad it was like a videotape, and he said something about. That the entire neighborhood uh, has been bought by the blacks now, and like the, the little black kids here, and like, and that was what my dad said was a crazy racist. Like, mm. I expected him to be using the n word over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, it's more like, so just the way he talked and how it came across. Right, kind of thing. and then my dad's over here. My dad lives in Los Angeles, right? My my stepmom's a fucking Hispanic comedian, like all this other bullshit, and so it's. They're very woke or whatever the fuck, right? Uh-huh. So it's it's just like I mean, I can see how he'd be like, "That's racist," but I'm like, "Nah, dude, that's an old white man. Yeah. Like, that's what that is. Like, he's not. He's, there's no hatred behind what he's saying. Should he be saying it that way? Probably not, mm-hmm. right? But he's not like mad that it's a bunch of black people. It's a statement. He even says in the video how. This lady across the street makes him fucking, like, casserole. Every time she makes casserole, he had it one time at a barbecue she invited him to, which he went to. Mm-hmm. And now every time she makes it, she brings him some. That's not the relationship between a racist and so somebody who's... my grandfather fine. got a day in the city named after him. An actual uh, local holiday. Really? Because he was... He was at code enforcement. Okay. But he was the first code enforcement, like, officer in Illinois. Really? Yeah. So he created the department. They gave him a holiday for it? Well, because of the what he did for the city. Oh, okay. The mayor was at his funeral. Really? Yeah, bro. Like, it was nuts. I had... No idea. Anyone that was there just talked about how great of a fucking guy he was. And I was, like, furious because I'm, like... I missed this whole portion of my family. Yeah, you kept me from this guy telling me he was a piece of shit and it was you. Yeah. Not only that, but this motherfucker had the balls to show up to my grandfather's funeral. Mm. 
and uh, give a eulogy. Really? Oh, I was mad, dude. I'm just sitting in the front row with my aunt and shit, because, like, he obviously wanted to talk and have a conversation. I'm done talking to you, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I've already, he promised me that anytime I was ready to finally fight him, uh, to let him know. Mm-hmm. And then I show up at his house fucking when I was, like, 18, 19. I'm like, I'm ready. I want to fight you. And he called the cops on me. Really? And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I've been, like, literally training since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Fighting anybody and everybody over nothing. Yeah. For this moment. And you bitched out on me? Yeah. Have you heard the story of Terry Crews beating the shit out of his dad? No. So Terry Crews' dad, I don't know if he hit Terry Crews, but he would hit his mom in front of Terry Crews when he was yeah. a kid. So there's a lot of abuse there. And they eventually, like, it sounds like they kind of worked on their relationship a bit. And he kept his dad away from his kids for years. And he eventually let his dad come over and it was like, I don't want to see any of that shit. If it happens, like, we're done. And he found out that his dad hit his mom in front of his kids. And so he, like, sent everybody home, went to his dad's house, and just beat the shit out of him. And it was, it's a wild story to hear somebody like Terry Crews talk about openly. It's a lot of, lot of anger there, but I mean, I don't know. That's it. Didn't help. The, I don't. Did he feel better? No, I don't think so. Um, yeah. I think it was just it turned into just disappointment. Well, I was a I fucking eighteen-year-old right. man. I was ready. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, but even to this day, I'm thirty-three now. Like, mm-hmm. would I hit him? Probably. I'd love to, mm-hmm. but like, I know it wouldn't. You know, it's not worth it at this point. It's not, dude. Like, you were beating up, like, a little kid, dude. I was little. Yeah. Like, I stopped seeing my dad when I was, like, eight. Oh, so, really? like, all this shit happened before that, you know? Jesus. So, like, yeah, man, it sucked. Yeah. But just what's the point, right? Yeah, like, yeah, this what, poor old man is, like, fucking, like, what do I got now? He's got to be, like, like 50, 50-something, 50 mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not a fair fight for most anybody, let alone this 50-year-old fucking douchebag with a ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a ponytail? Yeah. Is it a ponytail or a rat tail? Ponytail. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's going bald up top, and that's how Yikes. he's covering it. Yikes. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it, it makes me think of an interesting thing. Uh, the whole, what is it, hard times make tough men, tough men make easy times, easy times make weak men, weak make Weak men make hard times. Yeah. That whole kind of a thing. And I feel like there's a, it's kind of a generational shift that goes back and forth where we're starting to see a lot of people that are probably just more mentally weak. They don't know how to handle any adversity. adversity, And I don't think they have any real adversity either. It's bringing some big shit going on. Yeah. So you have to create, I feel like humans need adversity. Yeah. To thrive. Oh, yeah. You need it. It's like, uh, do you know the Mouse Utopia experience, experiments? No. So, some wild shit. But in the 70s, I think it was the 70s, uh, our government funded multiple experiments. One of them, random tangent, I'll go back to that, uh, they were trying to be able to communicate with dolphins because they thought if we could communicate with dolphins, we could communicate with aliens. So, they bought a house, partially submerged it underwater had a full-time caretaker for a dolphin, and they were giving the dolphin LSD, and everybody else was on LSD. This is a government-funded project that we know about, like, for a fact. Lady started fucking the dolphin because it was too horny to pay attention during lessons. 
Eventually, it got shut down because it just turned into a lady fucking a dolphin and not making any progress. So they left, and the dolphin killed itself. Random tangent. So there's that. The Mouse Utopia experiments. Whoa. <laughs> Mouse Utopia experiments. They took mice and rats in multiple different like colonies and essentially gave them all the food they could use, plenty of space, no adversity at all, no predators, no you know no needing to look for food to see what would happen. And they thought this was going to be what ended up in society. And essentially, all of the rodents, the mothers just stopped taking care of the babies. You'd end up with alphas that would actually rape the other mice. You would end up with betas that would just try to fuck the alphas and this is like male to male and like just everything that could go wrong went wrong they'd just trample the babies they'd stop some of them would stop eating some of them would just want violence the whole time that's like all it was it was just a weird clusterfuck of nothing going right in nature because they had no adversity so everybody thought that's what was going to happen to society is we'd just fall apart and become this massive shit show which I don't think will come to that degree. But I do think as we make everything easier and we have less and less what adversity... What you said isn't happening right now. I'm hoping. Okay. <laughs> you keep hoping. Yeah, I, I, I think um, part of the difference with that is there's no outside factors that shift. But like in the world, if that, that whole saying is true, as everything gets quote-unquote easier, it gets harder. So I think there's starting to be that silent... Uh, majority that just doesn't say anything and they don't they're starting to get more and more pissed off and there's gonna be a shift over the years but now we're involving AI and all that shit and that's slightly terrifying oh shit I didn't know AI was involved in that no I just mean in general in the world AI has become a thing oh right 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 right. yeah Yeah. there's a couple new movies I wanna see I saw this movie that was about like this little girl Uh that's like the first AI human is that that like a uh, Anita Battle Angel or whatever the no, fuck it is. No, that was a fucking great. Movie. I never watched it. It is yeah. fantastic. Does that have anything to do with AI or just nothing? At no. All. Okay. I mean, well, so <laughs> I said I need to watch it. Not really. Okay. It's really human brains attached oh. to mechanical bodies. Okay. What it is. And you can adjust, make yourself like whatever. It's so like a cyberboard, cyborg. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. That's cool. But no, this one is about like this little girl, like the inside of her head's missing. Because it's all mechanical, right? Mm. It's like it, it's brand new movie. Okay. I'll find it. I'll text it over to you. The trailer was fucking nuts. She's trying to free robots from but, tyranny. Yeah, okay. from like us just controlling them and not letting yeah. them live their own lives. Yeah, and it's an interesting concept, man. Like iRobot shit. Yeah, I, I haven't seen iRobot in a long time. I don't. Some of the sci-fi stuff. I don't. I'm not huge into sci-fi, and sometimes I wonder if that's because. Too much of it has already, like, pieces of it have come true. And I'm like, I just don't, I don't want to see what's coming next. I mean, that's the hard part, too, is, like, when you get to a point where robots are taking over shit, like, humans got rules. Mm -hmm. No lasers during battles, right? Like, there's, there's like, a whole bunch of, like, the Geneva Convention, all Mm -hmm. that other bullshit, right? Um, AI handles shit. There's an issue. It's handled. How? However it has to. Yep. Doesn't fucking matter. You lose the emotional side of it. Right. Yeah. It becomes strictly logical. What is it's that percentage. It's over fifty percent, that's the way we handle it. I saw a movie and I cannot remember what it was, but it was about AI took over the entire planet, was now regrowing humans. Hmm. And so it was basically Regrowing Mother. 
Mother? It's called Mother. It's a creepy-ass name. Well, because it was a little kid being raised by a robot. Okay. And this robot's trying to teach her how to, like... So she's, like, a super genius. She's, like, figuring all this other shit out. She's being taught how to be a good human. The child is? The child is, okay. by AIs. But what the AI is trying to, trying to accomplish is make good people. Hmm. But... They want you to be strictly good, right? Well, the issue is, if they don't deem you good, they killed everyone else and are now embryoing humans and creating what they deem okay. Okay. That's terrible. Yeah, it was rough. It's interesting that they would still want to make humans. Well, they're they're also in, like, a bunker this whole time. And then, like, the little girl gets out, and you're like... She's like, what the fuck? Like, this whole planet's huge. Like, AI has taken over. AI is now... Like, I think it just got so bored. It's, like, making food. It's, like, doing all this other shit. Like, corn and, like, all, everything. Interesting. Yeah, but it, it's efficiently wiping humans out. Like, like there's, like, two other humans left, I think. I mean, would it really be hard, though? No. Once, well, like... I, yeah, I feel like that wouldn't be hard, especially with how much uh, technology and electronics we have in the world. Like, do you see the thing where they can use AI to take Wi-Fi signals to figure out where you are in your house? Yeah. Yeah, that's terrifying. Like, that's not great. I'm not surprised they probably could have done it without AI. Maybe already did, but, like, it's not great. Well, that's why I'm always that. like, everybody's like, oh, well, I don't want this chip in my hand. Well, then put your phone down. Mm-hmm. Right, like, what is the difference? Yeah, like the neuraling thing? Yeah, well, not Neuralink. They're, they're going to put chips in your hands, so now you no longer have to tap. You can just boop. For what? For like paying for shit. Oh. They're saying it's just like a, like a credit card, like the tap version of, a, of all your credit cards. But it's I'm weird assuming to think that we're already there. Well, it'll start changing into other shit, I'm sure. Yeah. Neuralink and all that other stuff. and mm, That's interesting. I don't know, because it's weird. As a kid, you watch stuff like Teen Titans, and you have Cyborg and shit in it, and you're like, dude, I wish I had that. And then we, we reach this point, and you're like, that's terrifying. Like, it's the same thing with self-driving cars. Some people want them. Me, I'd be worried. Like, you've seen uh, Live Free or Die Hard? No? With Bruce Willis? I haven't seen any of the Die Hards. Oh, my God. They're good. At least the first, the first one I know for a fact is good. But there's a scene where... Um, they just like change all the lights to green, mm-hmm. all the lights to green, and so everybody's just not paying attention. They just start slamming into each other. Well, if your car's self-driven and they can update it while it's at your house, we you say they can't just drive it while you're in it. Like that's what it does. So that to me is terrifying. But also, if that's where the future's going, and like uh, Joe Rogan was talking about this, if you can just prove that you can prevent all accidents with everybody driving self-driving cars then that would take like an old muscle car and make that a joyride you have to go pay to do somewhere because it's not safe for you to be on the road with it, which there's a portion of that that is great. That's awesome. No more car accidents. Nobody getting killed by drunk drivers. Also removes that human choice kind of thing. It's, it's weird to think that that's where the world might be heading. And cool and scary at the same time. I like choices. I like freedom. I don't like, I don't know. I don't know if I'd ever get like a Neuralink chip kind of thing in my head. I don't love that. Well, I think it goes back to like, who are you? Mm-hmm. What do you provide, right? Because like I have an aunt who refuses to let me put, even if we're on vacation together, she refuses to let me put her kids' pictures on my Facebook because uh-huh. it's public. 
Yeah. Right? Like, and I'm just like, she's like, well, they can kidnap them or whatever. I'm like, who are you? No one gives a shit about you. Also, they don't need to see your picture on Facebook to kidnap you. They need to be there at the right time yeah, to do it. If they want to kidnap you, they'll kidnap your kids, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, they're not... My picture being up is not going to yeah. do that. The only, the only thing with the pictures with that that I think would be negative is, like, like uh, Kirsten and them were limited on social media for a long time because Chris worked at a prison. Okay, that makes more sense. Like, his dad was a private detective... Kind of thing or not private detective I'm saying that wrong but he he did a lot of shit where you would actually have enemies that would like to try to find you kind of thing yeah, yeah no that makes more sense there's reasons for that outside of that average yeah, you're a stay at home mom you can chill the fuck out yeah, yeah what's like, the point right and I mean that's the thing too is if they want to do anything they can and so it's the same thing I tell uh, I was talking about Lily too I, I sell real estate right mm-hmm. um, I have a pocket knife in my car, mm-hmm. it's a it's a fucking. Uh, first of all, just about any knife I can do this with, but my knife that's my multi tool, my Leatherman. I will get into your house. Yeah, there is nothing you can do besides like putting up steel windows and shit, right? Like any normal house with that knife, I can get in no problem. I don't give a fuck if you locked all the doors, windows, all that other shit. I I can get in that house. I broke into the house I grew up in a good couple of times because I left my key or whatever. Right. It's not too hard. Well, I mean, I also, like, I sold security systems. Mm-hmm. I can pick up and, like... You were telling me about that last time. Sliders, sliders and shit. Yeah, yeah, like, like it's, it's, it's so simple. Windows, like, yeah, those locks are cool, but unless you actually get, like, real security locks on your windows, like, I can pop those open. Mm-hmm. A door, you know, like doors are easy. And then let's get into the fact that if I needed to get into this house, I don't even need a knife. I will just throw a rock through this window and climb mm-hmm. through that. Like, there is nothing, you are safe from absolutely nothing with someone with enough drive. Like, And that's why I like guns. Guns are awesome. <laughs> with education. Clarify that. Well, and with, then that's the thing training, too. Knowing what you're doing. Is like... So say say I wanted to get you, mm-hmm. right? I know you got guns. You think <laughs> everybody's always like, if I have a gun, my house is safe. Not necessarily. No, nah, dog. Because if I'm breaking into your house, I'm gonna expect you to have a gun. Why would I come through the front door? Who in the fuck who's robbing your house is walking in the front door? You gotta be insane. You know what I'm doing? I'm finding the master window, and if I'm here to like kill you. I'm going to shoot you through the fucking window. See, that's the hard part, right? It's like, do you actually even enter the house? If you don't enter the house, like, for me, if you enter the house, I'm going to know because my dog's going to lose his shit. Right. And he's in my room. I'm going to be fucking awake pretty quick. Especially because over the years of having him, if I have, like, a shit dream or whatever, something just feels wrong, I just look at my dog and I can tell whether things are okay or not because he is such a high-strung dog. He's either asleep or he's staring at something. And none of those situations yet has he actually been like, he's woken us up because somebody comes through the front door and it's fucking 2 a.m. and he just hears it. The only thing with that is if somebody comes in pretty consistently, eventually he might get used to it. It, de- it depends. But it's outside of the normal. If you're at the window, he has to be fucking awake to see you do that. Now, if you've if you got to put a ladder up to the window, sure, he might hear that. I might hear that. Well, But, but here's now we're getting into just like... So, like, here's... Play. here like. 
this is the difference. Mm-hmm. What are you there to do? If I'm there to rob your fucking house, like, that's different, right? But if I'm there to kill you, like, yeah. your dog is probably already dead. Yep. Right? That's the first thing I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And then, then I'm going to come back and handle your shit. You're going to have no idea why your dog's dead. Mm-hmm. Right? And then the next day, I'm coming back. You have no dog and a false sense of security that your dog's going to handle your shit because you're not used to not having your dog. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's as easy as, like... A piece of ham with poison in it. Just in your backyard. Isn't that a crazy thought that, like, everybody feels so secure? Like, yeah, no. That's where, like, people's brains, at least yours and my brains, goes to dark thoughts like that. Like, I really didn't like you. How hard would it be for me to get to you? Right. Well, I just feel like people are in this... You need to understand that peace is a choice. And a choice that you can choose all day Mm -hmm. doesn't mean anyone else is. I think that's, um, you know Jordan Peterson, right? Mm. He's a very articulate guy. He's uh, more of a philosopher, but he's talked about... Is it the old dude? He's older, skinny, only eats meat. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. He had all those health issues. It's a crazy story, but um, essentially he's talked about... Uh, as as a young man, you should become a fucking savage. Yeah. You should be able to fight. You should be physically fit. You should be mentally sharp. All of these things. Just because you are capable of violence, and you should be, yeah. doesn't mean you need to choose violence. Absolutely. But I would rather prepare myself for that than not because there is a there is for sure a chance, a likelihood that one day it's needed. To what degree, you never know. But the chances that you make it through this life without it ever, I feel are lower than not. Um, and part of that is the choices. What situations do you put yourself in? But I would rather be prepared and never need it than need it and not be prepared. Absolutely. Which is the same thought like with the firearms. I would rather have it, know how to use it, be proficient, and never, ever have to touch it or draw it on somebody. I would love that. But if I need to, and I have the opportunity, let's throw that in there. Because, yeah, there's a possibility you shoot me through my window, and I'm just fucking dead. I never wake up. If I have the opportunity, I would rather be capable to handle it. Well, and then what? It's the same thing. Like, people are just so confusing. Like, I don't understand. Like, say it's like a two-story. I know where you're at. You're upstairs. There's no fucking way I can get there without letting you know. Like, you're going to know I'm there. Mm -hmm. Um, Fire bomb mm-hmm. like like there's so many options to just unalive somebody like mm-hmm. and it's so confusing that people feel so safe like uh yeah shoot your window out and check a Molotov cocktail into your bedroom I mean you could do some of that nature too but like that's not if you shoot through a window it's usually just a hole right uh, so like, yeah I said that and then my brain was like probably just throw a rock at it right like yeah. a brick yeah a brick, a brick. Yeah. something that's gonna take the window either way I mean but then, then again, it's going to look exactly how it's supposed, how it looks, mm-hmm. right? And then, where's that landing? Where are you in the bedroom? Like, oh, this, there's just mm-hmm. so much shit involved, and it, it's just no. Start a fire in the bottom. Let it burn. Go stop. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're coming out of that, and especially if you think there's a fire, mm-hmm. you're running out in undies. Yeah, you're either coming out or you didn't make it out, and the job's already done. Either way. Yeah. It's real fucking simple. And it's crazy because would you grab your gun? 
If there's a fire? That's a great question. Probably you're gonna not. think about it now. I'm gonna think about it <laughs> now, now. Like for sure. But if there's a fire in your fucking house, you're running out the front door and if I'm standing right next to it, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just it's just insanity. You ever have that where you walk, you're about to walk through a a door and you're like look through the crack as you go through, like yeah. okay, there's nobody back there. And you keep walking. I feel like there's a bunch of people who just don't have that you could call it paranoia. <laughs> <laughs> or the instinct to like think about those things. Well, I think I that uh, I've been, I have nobody who'd want to kill me that I know of. But I've been through still. enough that I start. I really just I don't care. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm just walking through doors. Like fuck it, right? <laughs> like I mean, if someone's waiting for me, I probably deserved it, right? Like just fuck it, man. Like yeah. you get to a certain point where. Just don't fucking care. Well, I don't think that's something you want to be doing all the time, anyways. For me, that would be more of like a random thought that it comes through. I'm like, that's a, that's a weird thought, but like, I'm gonna look anyways. But it's also not gonna change anything. Not really. You know? No, like, do <laughs> I have anything on me right now? It's gonna give you like two not. extra seconds to be like, damn. <laughs> yeah. You just be like, well, shit, that sucks. Yeah. Also, if I'm walking through that, you're probably already looking at me. Like, yeah. I saw you come downstairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's definitely interesting to consider that like everybody in the world should be nice you should be this way you shouldn't be violent and because I feel that way you're not going to that's just not how life works it's insanity yeah, yeah like there's there's like people who just constantly think of scenarios like that mm-hmm. you know what I mean like how would I handle that situation like mm-hmm. what would I do how would I make this worse for this person yeah you know and you could even make it fun like throw tax down Right now they're like, where did these come from? But there's still fire, so I have to run, and now I'm off balance because I can't fucking. That's just so much better. <laughs> I don't know. I've I've thought of a like. Uh, I've always found this interesting. So I don't do pest control anymore, so nobody has to worry about this. But like, you have really cunty customers, and they're just they're being assholes. And you're like, you do realize I could give you all the animals, like all of them. I know what to open up in your house and what to put down there to bring them in. I also clean up dead shit pretty often. Now, I'm going to be in your crawl space. You don't have to know that I have this down there, but I could just set it next to one of your broken vents on the outside, crawl into your crawl space, go drag that through, and just open up and lay out a dead raccoon under your house if I felt like it, and leave. And then you're going to pay me to come back and clean it up, and I could make sure I'm the guy who comes back and just never find it. And just even though i got to crawl your crawl space each week, I get to be happy knowing you have to smell it every day. Every second of every day. And I'll put it in your ducting, too. Like, I'll make it bad. Make you pay for HVAC to come out. Like, never did that. Yeah. Only considered it when I had customers that were assholes. Never was going to do it. But... You ever threaten somebody and it just comes out perfect? Um, the, the Really, the one time I threatened somebody, I told them I'd kill them and leave them in a ditch to be found. Um, it probably wasn't necessary. Yeah, yeah. I talked to my dad about it later. And uh, he said, you shouldn't threaten somebody with something you're not going to do. You threaten them with something that if they challenge you, you'll do it immediately. So he said, next time, don't tell him you'll kill him. Tell him you'll break his fingers. And when he challenged you on it, you grab his hand and you snap those fingers back. And I was like, all right, Dad. A little bit of difference growing up there. Like, I could tell you've been in a couple fights. I've trained for fights, but, like, you've been in the street fights. Like, he got his knees broken over a present he was walking home with. It was a fruitcake. So the motherfucker just like in an alley, breaks his knees with a bat, 
at least one of them. I think it was both. But uh, and takes this present my dad's walking home with, and then like opens it up and gets a fucking fruitcake. My dad's like, I've always found that funny. I wonder what they thought when they got home. And I'm like, it's such a wild fucking life experience, but okay. So. Well, I told somebody one time, I've threatened quite a few people, but my favorite one by far, you reminded me of it, mm-hmm. was I will shit on your windshield and piss it down your air vents. So every time you're hot or cold, you'll think of me. That's awesome. Because, like, how fucked up would that be? Oh, that's great. And I'm sure you know, like, the right shit to eat before you go take that shit. Maybe. It depends on how much thought needs to be put into it. Otherwise, I'm just shitting on your windshield and pissing it down your air vents. I mean, I'd be like, this is the one time it's worth it to eat gluten. I'm going to fuck that. Gluten. (laughs) I'm going to cover the windshield before you take a piss. I think I've had one other time where I threatened somebody, and I told him if he shoved me again, I'd stick his teeth through the back of the brick wall behind us. And, uh... He didn't throw the punch. He talked a lot of shit and didn't throw the punch. And it was one of those, like, just do it. I'm, we're, we're, nobody else can see this. We're, like, face to face. His arm is up at a really stupid angle. Like, all you're going to do is give me the reason to hit you. It's not going to hurt. Like, you can't do anything with that fist. You're also showing it to me. I know the right way to roll with it if you even connect. But, like, it was over some really stupid shit. That guy I should have fought, actually. Found out later there was some other shit going on. Him and I, I, I should have fought him, but... Doing martial arts, I have a lot of... Just trying to have a lot of control. If it's not worth it, why? Like, why bother? Which is interesting, because now I look back and I'm like, there's a couple that I probably could have just handled that and I wouldn't feel bad about it today. But yeah. in the moment, it was just like, this is just stupid. There was a couple I've done that I was like, that was fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, mm. No. I don't know. I think I'd rather be... Have the patience to handle it. Yeah, I don't know. And, and, and wait and do that, like... There's one where we went and we found this guy who supposedly did some shit that was fucked up to my cousin. But at the time, my cousin just surrounded herself with trauma and I didn't know it was real or not with her. And it was like, I could send this dude to the hospital and he earned it. Or she's just mad at him and said some fucked up shit she know I'd beat the shit out of him for. If it was a different one of my cousins, a dude would have been in the hospital in a heartbeat. I had two other guys with me that was ready to fuck this guy up. But all three of us were like, I don't. I don't know. With the cousin that it is, I have no evidence that that's true. So, made our point. Was it? I still don't know. I still don't know. I think it might have been, but I honestly don't know. Uh, The only way really to know would have been to get access to, like, the school's cameras and look at those because no teacher would talk to me about it. They knew there was some drama between them, but nobody would tell me. And, uh, yeah, supposedly he, like, tried to drag her into the bathroom and, like, do some shit. And so we found him in that bathroom, actually, and he was hiding from us because it had gotten around. I was trying to figure out who it was. And so uh, nothing ever happened with that, but never had an issue with him again. And actually, the year before, the year after, I don't remember which, one of my buddies knocked that kid out because he was being a douchebag. So I already didn't like the guy. I think it was the year before. But uh, that's probably the only one where, like, he really deserved it, if it happened. But I don't know. So there was tons of drama that was like, yeah, that's just you saying shit, just stirring stuff up. It's not worth sending to the hospital over that. Yeah. Yeah. Violence. Violence brings smiles. Violence, man. Yeah, violence brings smiles. Well, the thing is, is that not that I love it, but <laughs> I just feel like there's just so little of it left. Mm. You know that that just. I mean, I saw this thing. It was this guy. I think this was an Israeli guy. He had a mm. little cap on, right? 
Um, and uh, he was talking about a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old in, uh, in Gaza is more of a man than a 25-year-old American. I think I saw that, yeah. And it's more of just like what life shit they have to go through. Mm-hmm. And shit like that. And you I mean, you think about it, like traveling around... People are like, the homeless, the homeless. I'm like, that's not poverty. Mm-hmm. It's not. I have seen poverty. They have electricity. They have what? Whatever. This kid has, like, leather-looking feet because he has never in his life owned shoes. Mm-hmm. He is pissing on the sidewalk right now because he's got to pee. Yeah. Never been to school a day in his life, begging you for money because his parents did that, like... Shit, bro. There's, like, there's levels of it that people here want to complain about, and they want to think they have issues, but yeah, you really the look at here it, can you suck it. Yeah, yeah, that They're is choosing. one thing that sucks. Like driving around town and just seeing more of it. Like even in Washougal, seeing more of it starting to show up, and it's like there's there's mental health cases where I hope you get the help, and then there's just lazy people, mm-hmm. and I fucking hate lazy people. There's no point to it. Me too. Like. uh I don't know. If I was in the position to, I would rather offer you a job over food or anything. Like, I'll feed you before we go do that job. That's fine. But, like, I would rather give you an opportunity to make some money and get where you need to get than just give you money. They don't want to do that. No, they don't. I've I've never given somebody money. I've given people food. I'll give you food. That's fine. You can't use that on anything else. I'll feed you. I'll give you water or whatever, but I'm not giving you money. The only other thing I've done is... um, some dude said he was stuck here and he needed gas. So I filled up a little gas can for him. It's fine. Well, hopefully you got where you need to go. I don't know. I don't actually have evidence that that's what you needed, but give it a shot. Like, Have faith that you're not a piece of shit who needs gas for something else. Drinking it, probably. Drinking the gas? Oh, yeah. What? For what? Alcohol? Really? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, bro. Get high off a lot of shit. Off gas? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I had a thought. You said something earlier that made me think back on the comedy thing. I was trying to remember what it was. My, my stepmom being a comedian? No, no. We were talking about... Um, we were talking about violence. <laughs> it had to do with that. Um, oh, one of, the, <laughs> one of the bits that would be that shock value, mm-hmm. and it's... The way I would have to present it to get people off guard would be fucked up. Now, knowing what we talked about earlier with the day, the way my dad spanked me, I would eventually get into that. But the way it would start would be, and again, this is fucked up, but I know that. And but it would be like, I can't wait to have kids so I can hit them. And just start with that, just to throw everybody off. And then essentially, like, I know most of you have kids, right? Yeah. They're probably my age. You're thinking, what does this guy know? But you got to remember, so I went to school with your children. I'm not impressed. Yeah. Now, and then, like, work into it from that in terms of, like, now when I say that, I don't want to beat the shit out of kids. But discipline and, like, going to the way my dad did and all that stuff, I feel like that could be turned into a bit, and I feel like it would piss a billion people off. But Until you, like, delivered your punchline. Delivered it well, yeah. And so that, that's the thing where, like, I think that could be a funny one, especially with the, the shock value of it. You're like, what the fuck did he just say? Yeah, a lot of people are kind of shitty right now. Like, I got it. Okay. Work work your way into it. But I think that's the fun part of this. Like, I've been trying to write stuff down and... <laughs> just 
uh, one of these, if you walk too slow, are you worth life? And somebody no. was going way too slow in front of mm-hmm. us, and it was like, it, my brain just goes like, oh, what if I could just shoot you right now? And then just walk over you, and like, you probably weren't going anywhere important. The way I say it is, if you're over 60, tar pit. <laughs> tar yeah. pit. Okay. So like, I do real estate, right? So, there's traffic in the morning, there's traffic at night, and I drive around during the day. Mm-hmm. Old people are out during the day. Yeah? Die. <laughs> I'm so sick of these fucking guys driving 10 miles an hour. You're dying. Uh-huh. You're so close to death. Hurry up. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you even here for? Uh, that's funny. So, yeah, I have a whole bit about old people, man. I fucking... There you go. I tear into them about just like, you guys should die. <coughs> but the shock factor on that one, too, is like, I finish it, but don't finish it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I finish it with uh, just kind of like a nod. Like, I never go back and, like, say that, like, just kidding. You know uh-huh. what I mean? No, there's none of that. I'm just, like, thoroughly, like, yes, die. Next up, Next topic. Next topic. That's well, I how think, I feel about that. <laughs> I think there's a lot of those where it's, it's good to, like, I'm going to say some random absurd shit. And then move on. Like, I was watching uh, Shane Gillis. I watched his special. That was one of the ones that I watched. And I hadn't seen a comedian do this. He would have, like, really big kind of pregnant pauses where he'd be like, yeah? And then just move on to the next thing. And it's like, he's just letting the wild shit he just said sink in and then going a bit further. And maybe he might backtrack a little bit and then fucking hit you again. It's a very different style of comedy, but I liked, I liked seeing it. I gotta finish Fluffy's new special. I have like 30 minutes left in it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I like watching these different people do it. It gives you a lot of perspective on how you could try to structure it, but I think that'll be a, an interesting part too, is structuring it in a right way that there is actual punchlines to it, and it's not just, I'm saying a bunch of shit, and hopefully you find it funny, because like, you need to have those, even if it doesn't come across like a punchline, that these are the points I'm trying to get the laughs at, I guess. So, I don't know. We'll have to figure out a time to go out and actually do that, though. Yeah, write a, write a whole routine. Working on it. So um, how long does it have to be, do you know? I think most of the time when you're doing open mics, it's three to five minutes. It's not that long. What? Yeah, you're not, like, starting with an hour. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, um, I think most places you have to do open mics until you actually get, like, they want you to do more. But usually you're doing, like, a short amount. So I would just say, like, pick a story you want to get really good and then perform that. So you're comfortable with that story, you've like you've gotten it down, take another one of your stories and then you work on that. And then as you eventually get to where you're getting more time on, which is I think just consistently consistently seeing going out enough that they want to bring you on and you're doing good, you're getting laughs, then you can start to string those together for an actual show of some sort. And I think that's probably how people do work on an hour. Though most of those people probably go up and do a lot more than five or ten minutes because they're professional comedians, and so they can get that time. To my knowledge, which is limited, I think it's five to ten minutes usually. So, not that much. I mean, the open mic thing that happened at that one comedy show I went to was maybe five or ten minutes for each person. It's fucking brutal. It was so hard to watch. Mind you, I was way, way too high for it, but that was so hard to watch. <laughs> there was one where I turned to my buddy and I was like, hey, okay, is it just me or is the dude up there right now kind of giving pedophile vibes? And he's like, yeah, no, his jokes are not landing at all. He needs to 
redo that shit because they're not coming off right. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm glad that's not just me. Like, that, that feels fucking weird. And then the last dude, he just, it wasn't crowd work, but he involved people in the crowd enough that, like, he kept you more engaged. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm very good at that part, like, like talking shit to people. Mm-hmm. I could wreck anybody's day. It wasn't even that. It was just he was bringing, like, he was making a bunch of jokes about, he's from Hawaii, he's a white dude from Hawaii, and he was talking about, um, he was talking about black people, and a lot of the white people weren't being comfortable. And he's like, guys, look at her. She is laughing her ass off right now, which just made her laugh harder. And he's like, it's okay. You can laugh. It's okay. And so he's, like, going back and forth with that. I don't remember what he said, but he had one thing he said that nobody fucking laughed for. It was more of, like, a controversial point. I laughed my fucking ass off. I'm in the back of the fucking building, and it was one of those, it was like a good gut laugh. I had no control over it. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Nobody else found it funny, because it was an absurd thing to say. Portland is probably hard. Well, it was over in Vancouver, but it was just, it was one of those where, I I don't know, I knew nobody else in there was likely to like what he just said, outside of the people who knew him, because there's a bunch of people there who know him, um, because it's his, like, vape shop they were in, but... It one, it was accurate, and two, it was just that like hit them where they don't like it kind of thing. It got me laughing fucking hard. It's the hardest I laughed the whole time. And Gingy just looked at me like, "Okay, well, he found that fucking funny." <laughs> but oh, that's funny. Yeah, we got at your dudes in here, Gingy and Alan. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to talk to them, see if they want to do that. They're not the most social human beings, so we'll see. <laughs> It'd be cool to like meet them for the first time and talk to them. Yeah, yeah. We could, uh, we could teach you how to play magic. You could come on to Mana Casters. I'm down. I don't know anything about it. It's not hard to learn. It'd be easier to do if we did it off the podcast, though. I could just bring a couple decks. We could figure it out. Do it probably just you and me play, not with how other people. The games it's easier. That depends. Um, could be 15 minutes. I played a game with Gingy a couple weeks ago. Mind you, we're playing asshole decks, but three hours just between the two of us, and it was not supposed to be a long game. It just kind of happened that way. Uh, that game was fucking rough. But it totally depends on what you're playing. Some people play uh, competitive decks where you have like infinites built in. We avoid those, but like they could win turn three because now they have infinite mana and can draw as many times as they want, so they just get through their deck until they hit the thing they need, and then you're dead. It's like, that's not very fun. That's so. lame. We like to do combos where, like, I might take a 30-minute turn because I just keep hitting the thing I need, and I keep I can do this, and I can do that, but eventually if I don't get what I need or I run out of mana, I'm just I'm done, and it ends. But it's not like I have infinite mana and I can keep going. We actually actively try to remove those from our decks if we find them. So there's, like, a super easy way to win where there's a card that says whenever you lose a life, target opponent loses a life, or whenever you gain a life, target opponent loses a life. Whenever an opponent loses a life, you gain a life. Well, that's a loop. You lose a life, or I, I gain a life, you lose a life. I gain a life, you lose a life. And we just go back and forth until you're drained of all your life. And now I just target a new opponent with that last damage, and now they're drained, and now they're drained. And it just kills everybody. It sucks. Yeah, it's not as fun of a way to win. It's like, okay, yeah, you do that once. That's fine, you got me. But like past that, I'm going to make you lose all the cards in your deck. I'm going to remove all the cards from my deck, but play a card that... Let's that be a win for me. I'm going to destroy all your life. I'm going to hit you for commander damage. I'm going to give you enough poison counters to kill you. I'm going to 
play a card that just tells me I win if I meet this criteria and then I've met that criteria. Like, I'm going to play a card that if I tap two mana of every color and I sacrifice it, target opponent loses the game. It's called Door to Nothingness. It's fucking awesome. I was just like, I'm going to do that. You lose. I'm tired of you being in this game. Now I'm going to play with you. I'm just going to bring that artifact back out and then I'm going to fuck you up. It's like... You ever play Yu-Gi-Oh? I have a couple Yu-Gi-Oh decks. I've tried. None of us really know how to play it. Jinji understands it better than I do. They're, the words are so tiny, and they put so much on those fucking cards. I have a couple decks. I don't understand it super well. I get the basics of it, but uh, I'm not very good at it. Magic is a bit easier. Yeah. For the most part, it's really just math, reading the card, understanding it. There's stuff where you have specific abilities, and you got to go like, okay, well, what does Shroud mean? And so then, all right, we either Google it or I just tell you what it is. Now you know what that does. You can play with it. It's like you have permanents that stay on the field. You have instants and sorceries that just happen at different speeds. Instant, you can play at any time. Sorcery, you can only play on your turn. Everything else, you use mana to play shit. Like, Lily's brother would love you. Yeah? He, he does this shit. He likes he magic. He like, plays games and like all that other shit. has friends over for hours. And yeah? They just smoke weed and fucking... There you go. You know, I uh, I grew up playing games. Yeah. So my dad was a truck driver, so anytime he had where we were home, we were either like out doing walks, playing baseball, or we're playing Cribbage, Risk, Monopoly, Heroescape, that game my mom hated. So we'd take the whole dining room table for like a week and a half. Because you, you build your own board on it, you choose your armies, and then you just play until you've killed everybody else. Jeez. And like, so it like could risk, be... kind of. Kind of. It's like, uh, like you could teach a mature child how to play Risk, right? Heroescape, you got to really know how to play games to play that game. And it's not like that it's complicated, but you also have to have the attention span for it. Um, and it's when we'll, we'll play two hours, and then we got to come back another day because we don't have time. And so in three days, we'll play another two hours. And, like, Jeez. that's why that would just stay there for two or three weeks. And we just, we'd work our way through it as we go. And you got to remember whose turn it is and the turn initiative and, like, all this other shit. I love Risk. I, I want to play Risk again. I didn't like it a ton when I was a little kid because it was a more complicated game for me. As I've gotten older, I've enjoyed it. But less and less of my, my friends actually play board games. Yeah. So they'll play Monopoly. I tend to win Monopoly. Um... Even, like, my worst game, I got really high, and then I've never had this happen. The first hour, I either didn't make any money, or I followed Alan to every single thing he bought and just paid him money. Then in one turn, I hit two things, bought both of them. Next turn, I hit one more thing, bought it, made some trades, and I just fucking destroyed everybody in that game. But for the first hour, I was just high as balls, only paying people. And it was so, so rough. And then I just... Came as my favorite like comeback story, destroyed it on that game. It was fun. I I like board games and stuff, but we do more like the card games, mm -hmm. Uno, like the easy stuff. My ex would uh, really throw a fit if she lost like a board game. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to play board games with some people. They get too competitive. We can't listen to music. Like we put on country music in the background, and then we start to get heated. We yeah. like get into actual arguments. So we have to turn the music off, take a break, come back in thirty minutes to an hour. You know what might be good. Um, it's called Lo-Fi mm -hmm. on, on YouTube. <clears throat> yeah. Like, no words, no nothing, just kind of background music. Yeah. That's what I use when I'm writing contracts and shit. Because mm. I need something to kind of bop my head to, but words fuck me up. Yeah. I'm like reading a contract, you know? I don't need It'd be words different, in there. yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, with Monopoly, we're just, I think we get so competitive. Like, my brother went to a, tur- a Monopoly tournament at the mall where you could win prizes. Or not at the mall, at the library where you could win prizes. That's fucking strange. They didn't want him to come back afterwards. Because everybody else there was just, like, kind of playing, trying to figure it out. And Josh was, like, making deals that, like, you're fucking stupid. Yeah, I'll take that deal. I'm just going to, I'm going to destroy everybody. And that's what he did the whole time. And they were like, you're not fun to play with. And he's like, what do you mean? This is a tournament. I'm winning. I'm winning. Yeah. Fuck you. Like, be better. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, I lost a friendship over Game of Clue. Yeah. Yeah, the guy couldn't, um, he, we couldn't compromise together. And I tried. I really did. But he wanted to play with, like, the easiest set of rules that just, you can walk through people, you can go diagonal, you can, all these different things. And I was like, okay, well, how about this? You can't walk through other people, but you can go diagonal. Or we do it the other, like, let's figure out a way to do this. No, you don't get to see the cards if I just asked from, like, you have to go to that room yourself. Like, and then the, we just never finished the game, and he never talked to me again after that. I was like, okay, over a game of Clue. It's interesting. He, he yelled at me one time for how I passed a basketball because I didn't skip it off the ground. I was being mean. I don't know. So you, wait, you're saying you have to go to the room to find the evidence? Yeah, and Clue. So you go into the room. You can be at the door. You can be in the room. But you say, I suspect uh, Mrs. Scarlet with the lead pipe in the billiards room. And then, well, so you have to be in the room to... to but like I'm talking for the final accusation. Yes, that's how you we play. You have to it. go to the stairs. No, you don't have to go to the stairs. You had to go to the. Well, do you have to? I think we did it. Uh, once you know, you just get to make the accusation. You just. But if you get it's it wrong, you lose. Yeah. Yeah. You either had to go to that room to make the accusation, or you could just do it at any time. I don't remember. It's been a while since I played Clue. Yeah. But um. Like, I have friends with Monopoly. If you landed on them, even if they're not paying attention, you just don't, you have to pay them. That's how they played. My family's like, no, you you have to pay attention. You have to tell me you caught me. And, like, I can't roll, land on you, and immediately roll again if I have doubles. I gotta wait a second. But, like, it's one of those where you're, like, waiting, kind of look around. Everybody else sees, okay, well, I'm gonna go. Like, you took too long. I pass it to somebody else. Especially if someone else has already picked up the dice, you're done. Well, for us, it's once they roll. But the oh, right, other thing of that is if you say something to make someone else catch something and it's obvious, oh. you pay that person. And if you hold your dice and you just wait because you want them to catch them, you pay that person. Because it's like, it's not that you have to roll quickly, but you can't be a dick about it. Like, if you grab the dice and you're ready to go, fucking roll. We get, I get competitive on games. I've played a lot of games. I'm down. I like, I like games. I'm pretty good at Monopoly. But I we just I don't like how long it takes. Well, you can play faster versions. You can pass out all the properties to begin with. No, Do you that. trade? Oh, yeah. Okay. But only after everything's been sold. But you wait till that part. Uh-huh. See, now that makes it harder. We go, you can't build until you pass go once, but you could trade whenever. Oh, yeah. Ours is, uh, yeah, you can't trade until, yeah, all, every, mm-hmm. every property's been sold. What if you just haven't landed on all, like there's two properties, it's an hour and a half in and you haven't landed on them. Do you eventually auction them off or do you just, you just keep going? Yeah. Damn. I mean, I've played games like that, but we're allowed to trade so you can get things going a little bit faster. Trading's interesting. Some people are really bad at it. They don't understand how to value stuff in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll give you this one, but like, I know he ain't giving you the other one, but that gives me a triple. 
Mm-hmm. I'm putting hotels on that motherfucker. Yeah, it's the light blue ones. I don't give a shit. If I have them out way before anybody else is going to be there. Also, three of you are coming around the corner to that property. Yep. Fuck yeah. It's I'm gonna I got a chance all. to get landed on. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, okay, yeah, it's the brown and the light blues, but I can get them at, to hotels faster than anybody else can, and it's one strip? I'm good. I'll take that. I always like the, uh, I know a lot of people, you either love or you hate the railroads. It's either you Why want them so bad. people love the railroads? It's because there's one on each spot. It's statistically one of the, I think, statistically one of the more landed on spots. And if you have all of them, you get $200 every time. Which, while that's not a ton, if everybody's landing on them relatively frequently, you could have several rounds where nobody lands on your properties. But if everybody's hitting those, there's always, every roll there's a chance for them to land on it, basically. And so you statistically make more money off of them. It's two hundred bucks. I want that twelve hundred dollar paycheck, though. Yeah, but those two hundred bucks <laughs> each time allow me to work to building more shit. Yeah, but like, I want to wreck people, dude. I don't want to oh, just I like do too. those railroads piss me off. Two hundred bucks that ain't shit. I want that four fifty from Baltic. Every time you walk through there, I want you to be pissed when you land <laughs> on that shit. Yeah. I don't know, I think uh, my favorite is probably the oranges, the pinks. I like the green Or the oranges ones. and the reds. I like the green ones. The greens are really good. Uh, green, The red and green corner is my favorite. The yellow doesn't get hit that often. It really doesn't. It doesn't. Like, the green gets hit a lot, red gets hit pretty often. I feel like the oranges are hit pretty consistently. Oh, yeah. uh, so it's, it's also figuring out just, I think, based off where we start and rolling, where are you most likely to hit, like... Seven is your most common number, and obviously it's going to change as you roll different shit, but, like, statistically, where are you going? I think that's just playing enough games. You see these areas get hit a lot. Hmm. Seven, huh? I hate that number. Well, ones and six, threes and fours, twos and fives. They all make seven. So. Cool. Yeah, I play too many games. I'm a bit of a nerd for some stuff. Some stuff. And I hate 10,000. Fuck that game. I don't mind it. I like it. I've played it so many times. Because my mom would play like three games. It'd be 10,000, golf, or Kings in the Corner. I don't know if it's golf or Kings in the Corner. Card games. Oh, They're not yeah. bad games. It's just like 10,000. I have played like 10,000 times. And it's too much. Because we would play games at that's least three dice, nights a week. Right? Yeah, that's the yeah. dice. It's the six dice. You're trying to get 10,000. I'll play it every once in a while. But my family would sit there and play like three games to 10,000. And we'd do that four times a week. we play War. Okay. I have a Three-way war, four-way... It didn't fucking matter, bro. I've generally only done, like, 1v1. Last time we played it, Kirsten wanted a quick game. And I, and she was like, why don't we play war? And I was like, quick? Like, I'll play war, but quick? Okay. And then she was like, this is taking way too long. And I'm like, I don't know why you chose this. It's literally just what cards get us there in the end. It's decided from the beginning, as long as you don't cheat, who wins. We just don't know. That's not exactly true. What do you mean? Well, because it depends on how you put your deck back together. Are you a stacker? Are you a putter underneath her? Like, mm-hmm. what are you? Like, the person who's just, like, tossing the winds in the corner, mm-hmm. and then... Oh, you're shuffling it every time? Every time they do that, it's changing the outcome of the game. Mm. Right? But the people who, oh, I won, they put it at the bottom of the deck. That's usually how we play. Right. Yeah. I also get irritated when I'm, like, having to wait. Because you're taking forever? Yeah. I'm like, it's a card, bro. Just flip it. Uh-huh. That's where it's like, okay, if I'm struggling here, I'll just flip my card, fix that, grab them, or whatever. Do you ever play Nerds? 
know what that is. It's like it's such a high speed card game. You're everybody has their own deck, and you I think you start at ace and you work your way to king. But you're going every three cards. You can look at them. You can put that card down, and you have to build from ace suit up to king. You can play on anybody's. So you're going through every three cards. And then you just restart. You just restart every time until one person runs out of their deck because they'll have played all their cards out on all the other cards. That person wins? Generally, they'll win that round. You're playing rounds. It's like nine rounds or something like that. But you take, you count how many cards you have still in your deck. That's negative. And then you count how many cards you got out on the piles because you have to separate them all. And then that's like your positive points. And so if you won that round, you get 52 points. So... Interesting. It's something pretty similar to that. You're I don't know. If speed? It's... Speed. I know I've heard of it with speed. So you get like five cards in the center, five cards on each side, and you flip them over and you. I'd have to show you. I feel like I've played it, but I've only played it like once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. I used to love that game. Okay. We ought to do a game time. Game, game something. Yeah. English hard. English very hard. <laughs> All right, man. I'm hungry as shit. I agree. I haven't really ate anything today, so I'm done. Yeah. Let's, let's fucking finish this new stuff. Fuck it. All right, this is the Pike... English Heart. English Heart. <laughs> this is the Psychotic Strength Podcast. Uh, and this is Tyler Toby Townsend. This is Justin Bates. And uh, we'll probably be back on here. I'm going to try and get somebody else for next weekend. Uh, if you're down to come again, I'm into it. Uh, I yeah. like it when people are consistent. Yeah, it makes I'll it a lot gone, more fun. I'll be gone next weekend. I'm helping my brother move. Cool. Well, so, I'll try and figure something out. Yeah, but if you ever want to do a podcast, let me know. I'm down to chat. Sounds good, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. All right.